just jumping in really quickly at the start of today's episode to tell you about some upcoming opportunities to see us live in the flesh. And you can see us live at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival 2024. We are doing three live podcasts on Sundays at 3.30 at Basement Comedy Club, April 7, 14 and 21. You can get tickets at dogoonpod.com. Matt, you're also doing some shows around the country. That's right. I'm doing shows with Saren Jaimana, who's been on the show before. We're going to be in Perth in January, Adelaide in February, Melbourne through the festival in April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, details for all that stuff at mattstewartcomedy.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good morning, afternoon, or night, wherever you are listening to this. This is Do Go On, and my name is Dave Warnicky, and I'm here with the two fancy feasts themselves. It's Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. What the <laughs> what hell <is> just <laughs> happened? His eyes went so wide. But that was... It was looking... It was like he was looking through time and space. 74 And what episodes. he brought back with him was calling us dog food. And good morning, good afternoon. What what happened there, Dave? I just felt like I would channel... It was an, like Stephen Fry. An old-timey sort of broadcaster slash Matt before the show told me that I was the one that talks the fastest on the show. So I thought I'd uh, live up to that with the intro. Probably couldn't even hear. It was more like... More fast than the speed of sound that was. Wow. Yeah, that was, that's fast. To answer your question, I assume the question was, hello, guys, how are you? Very well, thank you, David. Did not ask how you were. Didn't ask a question, I don't think. Let's go to the tape. <laughs> We've gone to Dave. the tape and I was speaking so fast, we have no idea what I said. Would you like to we ask us how technology. we are? Would I like to? Yes, I would. Are you going to? No. How are you? <laughs> oh. How true. are you both? Um, we... We're very good. I'm. We're very good. Sorry about that, Jess. I'm very good. Uh, Jess, I would have no idea how she is. I mean, she's been telling us how good she is, but I wouldn't want to speak for her because that is improper. I am also pretty good. Pretty good. Can you... I had a V on the way here, so like I'm feeling pretty great. Hey, what are we doing this week? I'm so excited. I'm about excited. A Dave Warnicky episode. They are our favourites. I'm nervous. If you've downloaded this, you've seen probably what the topic's going to be, and I'm nervous. Well, that's not fair that they know before we do. Yeah, Dave. That's how it works every week. I know, but at but 74 to... weeks, I'm realising the yeah. injustice. And I don't think you need to rub it in like that. Yeah, just because we don't know. How many weeks are you pregnant for? <laughs> Me? Um, <laughs> quite, actually, quite a shot. I'd, I'd, I'd turn it around pretty quickly. I um... it's, about, it's about nine months. Mm. We could have had two babies by now. Just saying. So I don't think that's right. You'd have to do it like this. Yeah, back to back. The second one would have to be. I'm I talking mean, about two separate women. Well, you, well as I often do. <laughs> Crash, I am currently crushing the car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm currently crushing the car. I mean, uh, we could. You could just have twins and just do it once. Oh, there you go. Babies, so. Big That's what I meant. And they'll be not. They'll be identical, but they'll be different sexes. Yeah, which is possible, as our listeners 
have told me. Really hammered at home. Well, you were the one who would say, anyway, what's yeah, the come question? On. Yeah, let's get on to the okay. topic. Right, let's I'm do just, this. I'm, I'm treading water. I'm putting it off. Here we go. The question, because uh, this is a show, if you haven't heard it before, because you're interested in the topic, where we uh, take a topic suggested by the listeners 99% of the time, and uh, one of us does a report on that topic. Other two don't know what I'm going to talk about. So to get us on topic, I've got a question, and that question is, what topic do I have to do this week to stop listeners killing me? <gasps> slash, what is the greatest television show yes. of oh all? Oh my of god, Matt, he's doing it. Matt, I never thought this day would actually come. That's right, we're doing diagnosis murder. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Oh, well, that's no. good too. That's also you fun. son of a bitch. Which I did actually talk about early on in this series. Yeah. Wait, what are you saying? It's not diagnosis murder. It is The Simpsons? It is The Simpsons! Yay! <laughs> One of my favourite things. I really never thought this day would come. Neither did I, because I'm such a fan of it. I oh. just feel like I can't do it justice. Oh, man. But I'll try. You probably can't. Because I, you were making me a liar every week you didn't do it. I was telling people Dave's going to do it. He's told me he's going to do it real yeah. soon. And you've been saying that for, what, a year? Easily. Probably a year. Yeah. What, that's how much research I've been doing. Oh, Dave. I Actually, I saw it go under the golden hat and someone put it in. They said The Simpsons or if not The Simpsons... Some other topic, and I'm like, Dave, that motherfucker is going to choose the other yeah, topic. Yeah, yeah, I'll skirt around. So, the topic, I will say, has been requested by dozens of people at this yes. point. But the credit for getting my ass, for getting, my, for getting me off my ass. Getting my ass. Getting my ass. The ass award goes to. Oh, the tiny touche. Uh, Mr. Justin McCain, who oh, put it in the golden hat and Justin. made me step up and make dozens of people Thank happy. you so Justin much, Justin. really took one for the team in a way, didn't he? Like, no, because by... he threw away his... If you don't know, if you call it throwing away, uh, finally getting you to do what you should have done years ago. Not throwing away at all. Well, I think we should explain the golden hat is uh, we have a, a Patreon pledge. If you pledge a certain amount, there are 10 people currently that submit ideas and we have to do their topics. So I have to do The Simpsons. And this one is for you, Justin McCain, and for Simpsons fans everywhere. Oh, Justin. Justin, you've done it. And Dave, you were saying, like, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a bit scary because it's such a big topic and you've mm. got to do it justice. Oh, God. I find with all of my reports, especially the big ones all about things that I care about, I know I won't be able to do them justice. And I think once you accept that within yourself, you're going to be a lot happier, you know? So oh, just, so I've just got to give up now. No, not give up. Just don't like, don't hold yourself to such high standards. You know, just, nah, like, just just know that you'll probably do an inadequate job. Just crash your car, Dave. Just crash your car. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh, we're gonna find out if I feel like it after this episode. Oh my god, this is gonna be so much fun! I can't All wait. Right, the Simpsons. Just, let's just talk about it. Big fan, Matt. Big yes. fan. Oh yeah. Look, I, I think I'm probably like a lot of Simpsons fans. A uh, big fan of the first like eight-ish seasons. And I, there's probably, there'd be so many episodes that I haven't seen from more recent years. And yeah, whenever agreed. I catch one, I'm like, I can almost see what the joke was. Like, they're sort of like, they've gone from being really funny to mildly humorous scenarios. Mm. I feel, I just, maybe, I don't know if it's me getting older or the show going in a different direction or something, but it feels like it's not as good to me anymore. Who knew what do you reckon about that? that Matt could get any older? I know, wow. I'm doing it every day. Maybe you're just... getting older. So when the first every minute, when the first episode, once again, that's how time works. <laughs> Who would have thought that um, Matt would still be around to see season 28 of The Simpsons? We, I did not think season he was 28. Wow. Well, they're up to. 
But we'll get wow, there. That's so a long season way Season eight. So there's been 20. Or maybe it was more than that. Maybe it yeah, was like 12 were good. I think the first 10, probably nine are excellent. 10 to 12 are pretty damn great. And from then, it starts going down. Interesting. All right. So you agree. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was a pretty yeah. commonly held idea. So I'm curious to hear when it started. I feel like it was maybe even in the 80s, but I reckon you'll probably mention that. He'll probably mention <laughs> that. And you know what? I reckon I'm, it'll be a good year. I think I'm yeah. just going to cut to season 18, if that's all right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hey. From there. And Jess, you are a big fan of The Simpsons. Yeah, absolutely. I remember, I don't think I was allowed to watch it um, as a young kid. Neither was I when it first was out. Yeah. When I was. No, I mean, when I was, it was, it's older than Jess and I are. We'll say that right now. So Matt is right about the 80s thing. But I do remember... Well, yeah, if not, it's had 28 seasons and we're 26 years old, that does make sense. Math. Time again. Look, got look, us. look I'm getting good at they this. They could have squeezed many seasons into I'm getting so much better at math, you guys. You really are. This podcast has done wonders for your mathematical yeah. skills. Yeah, big time. Yeah, I also was not allowed to watch it, and yeah. then it suddenly became the best thing in my life. Yeah, totally. And then it was it was really good because we had uh, not to break um, affluent East. We had Foxtel, as did oh my, my family. Yeah, that's how I was you so guys exposed. Are the worst. Because what would happen is every Saturday and Sunday morning between nine and twelve, they'll just play six just play episodes Simpsons. back it was to the, back. It was the absolute freaking best. That's what I did every Saturday and Sunday. Once, Fox Eight always once, had Simpsons on. At once, some point. once I gave up tennis, which was pretty early into discovering that The Simpsons was on from nine to twelve. Yeah, I would get up and just watch Fox The Simpsons. Hell. It so was Fox so great. Else. So Fox Hell is pay pay per view here. Cable, yeah, that's, cable. That's cable. Because that... in Australia we have what f- five or six free to air channels that now have a few more. Now we've gone digital. Yeah, but five five main channels, and then if you were from the affluent east like Jess and I, you could get what a dream. Yeah, uh, Pete. It's pretty uh, great. Cable. To be fair, we got that a little bit later in my life, but still, I had it. And yep, Saturday morning, Simpsons time. I had Fox Hill from about six years old. Yeah, so good. Do you, Matt, do you, you guys, would you have a favourite episode? I know, I know what mine, oh. I think I know what mine would be, traditionally. I, I can tell you my least favourite. Simpsons? Yep. Really? Yeah, absolutely, because it, it still fills me with pain. But I don't know if I if I can, off the top of my head, think of a favourite episode. What's, all right, we'll start with the least favourite then. You know when Homer goes into the other dimension? Yeah, the, the one of the oh. Halloween episodes. And then he ends up in the real world. You hate that. I, erotic cakes. I hate that so much. <laughs> I love... Really? Because he's so scared. Yeah. And he's... And he's like, like whimpering. Yeah, yeah. He's really... Because he's like... And I'm like, how would he get back? And I just remember watching it and just feeling so upset. And because I think it was probably like that feeling of being lost... I think I sort of remembered wow. that feeling from being a kid, and I still like it makes me kind of sad and upset about it now. talking about it. Yeah, you mean the one that's a bit like that Tron? Has anyone seen Tron? Yeah. No, 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 no. Yes. I mean, no. Because <laughs> that's what he says. Yeah. <laughs> but do you have a favourite? I think my favourite is I, I. Dave will tell me what the name of the episode was, but it's where they. It's I think maybe it's called the Lemon Tree or something like that. It's about. Oh, that is such a good episode. <laughs> oh. When they go into Shelbyville. Yeah. That's one of my top ten. That I think that's my number one. Why do you like that episode? I don't know. It's really, it's just a really oh, that's fun. Right. It's called Lemon of Troy. Lemon of Troy. Sort of, right. Oh, very good. Helen. No, we got it. Troy. Yeah, no, we understood the reference. Yep. And Troy instead of boy, which Bart is, and Bart goes over. It's just some great, line, you know, we're toot on son and all that stuff. It's just, a, it's just chock full of very funny lines. Mm. He throws the meat to stop the dog, but it just makes the dog. Anyway, this is tedious. <laughs> Uh, what's your favourite episode? Then we should do the report. Okay. So I will say that I am a big fan and for my 25th mm-hmm. birthday, I had the Simpsons theme party that we've talked about where I hide out a cinema with 30 seats, mini cinema, and um, invited my friends around 
to watch my four favourite episodes of The Simpsons. Initially, it was going to be eight, but then I decided that it would be pretty tedious to make everyone shut up for that many hours. Yeah. So we did four, and we did uh, Cape Fear. Which is the parody of the film Cape Fear that's put the E on the end, where you they go into witness oh, protection. Oh, yes. Sideshow Bob coming up yes. on the houseboat. Great the, one. The Rakes, that classic scene. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's so but you're, good. You're, you just uh, help me, me remember my other favourite, which you played that night, the one with Hank Scorpio. Hank Scorpio, <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my God, I love Hank Scorpio. You only moved twice. Yes, I love that. Uh, the Beer Baron episode. That's another. That which one's the Beer Baron? Where he's delivering beer. Homer in... versus the Eighteenth Amendment is what it's called. In, it's when he starts bowling bo- balls. They, uh, out, oh, they outlaw yes. liquor, and then yes, yes, Rex yes. Banner comes along. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And number one, one all-time great episode is uh, the monorail episode. Monorail. Oh, classic. Yeah. Good one. Written by Conan O'Brien. Oh, there you go. Good episodes. Good list there, Dave. Well, there's four, but there's so many more. I would have had. Oh, it. they're so good. Yeah. Lemon of Troy, definitely. I always liked the one where it was um, like in the future and Lisa was... Oh, no, wait. There was a couple of different ones set in the future, weren't there? Yeah, they're or, fun. Or like the flash forwards where like Lisa's... Um, the president or marrying... Yeah, um, marrying the guy who's like... I'm not such a fan because Bart had become such a loser and I feel bad for him. And I also feel terrible for Milhouse who becomes such a loser when he's old. Well, yeah, but what did you think was going to happen to Milhouse? I love the line. Is it is it actually the English guy who plays that English guy? You know the guy from all those movies, the foppish guy, Hugh Grant. Is that no, actually it's not, no? It's no, just someone sounds sound, sound alike. But then when he goes to Lisa, he's, he's sort of bagging his her family, yeah. Homer, and that she goes, "You like a flower, a beautiful flower who grew in a pot of dirt." <laughs> I love that's sort of a favourite line. It's so very funny. true. She was very offended by that somehow. Fair enough. Uptight. I think his name was Hugh. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, definitely oh, okay. was. So it was. Yeah, it was more. I, and I, liked, I actually believe that was Hugh Grant. I think they had it. a joke about like Maggie won't shut up. She's always on the phone, but she's still you still never hear her speak. Yeah, very. Good. Although that was pretty funny. Anyway, this is tedious. It is. Uh, <laughs> M- Mandy Patinkin was ah. guest starring. What? Who is uh, Anigo Montoya? I know. I, I know who Mandy David. I know who Mandy Patinkin is. There you go. Okay, let's get to The Simpsons. Let's get down let's to Brass do Tacks. Right. What better place to start when the series creator, Matt Groening. Oh, Matt Groening. I always say groaning. You would. I would, wouldn't I? What an idiot. That's Sorry, a long an time idiot. I've been saying something wrong. Thank you. You also say schmoz instead of schmoz. It's true. Uh, Matt Groening was born on February 15th, 1954. A good year. Oh, one of the best. <laughs> In Portland, Oregon. Oh. He was the middle ah, of... Ah, a good town. <laughs> I think we have listeners in Portland. I think people have tweeted to us from Portland. Yeah. Hello, Portland. Matt was the middle of five children. His German-American father, Homer Philip Groening, (gasps) was a filmmaker, advertiser, writer, and cartoonist. His Norwegian-American mother, Margaret, (gasps) or Marge, was once a teacher. His two younger sisters were Lisa. Oh, my God. And Maggie. Gordon. No. What? Do you notice the names there? Uh, Father Homer, Mother Marge, this is but Lisa also, and Maggie. But you know, I, no, I definitely get it. Um, but M- Maggie is usually a shortened version of Margaret, so was she just named after her mum as well? Yes, also a Margaret. Oh, very cute. And Bart. One, yeah, it's interesting he didn't go Matt, he went Bart instead, which is an anagram. An anagram of, of Brat, that is right. He that is Bart, why? Bart in his place, yeah, that's right. That's cool, I love it. That is so cool. I actually never knew that. Hmm. Oh, how lovely. 
Uh, from a young age, Matt was constantly drawing and being told off for being distracted in class. He had to write 500 times, I must remember to be quiet in class. He described school as like a prison. And uh, when he read about a prisoner of war camp, he related school to that because the, the teachers are like guards, always trying to tell you what to do. Wow. He was okay at school, though. He was elected student body president. His party was called Teens for Decency, which is a name that mocked a local Christian group. (laughs) The slogan was, if you're against decency, then what are you for? (laughs) I can't argue with it. Okay. Uh, Groening uh, found himself rejected by girls when he told them he wanted to be a professional cartoonist. They should have got with him then and there. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, wowzers. Got with him. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know they what? They should have hitched themselves to that cartoon. So what? Like, what type of guys were they going for then? Do you know what I mean? Probably accountants. Because oh. <laughs> I would be much more attracted to somebody who has goals and drive and ambition. You know, totally. But what if they've got that... an ambition to become a CEO of Price Waterhouse Cooper's largest accounting firm? Then the I'd world. stab them in the throat. <laughs> Fair enough. Let them bleed out. <laughs> and then the, their throat. Let and then bleed. just <laughs> let them bleed out of a different wound. And then just wait for my Medal of Honor. Because I would be awarded one for saving the world from such a horrible human being. Wow. Mm-hmm. Could have just said yes to the cartoonist. <laughs> uh, when he left school, he applied for two colleges, Harvard and Evergreen College. Oh, my Harvard God. Harvard said no. Interesting. He went to Evergreen. Do you know Evergreen? Evergreen Terrace. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh, it was a progressive hippie school. So, so he went for either Harvard or the hippie school. Or the hippie school. He sort of rolled the dice. Yeah. yeah okay. One or the other. All right. Uh, he worked on the college newspaper, mocking the school, and often uh, got into trouble for hurting people's feelings with his satire. And he wasn't oh. very good at that because he's very. Everyone that I've read talk about him said he's a very, very nice person, but obviously he likes to make fun of stuff. And often he would make them upset and then feel terrible about oh. it. So he Matt would, doesn't have that, that remorse button, do you, Matt? No, no, you I just, love it. You just out there to just hurt. Yeah, fuck. Give oh. me someone, I'll I'll fuck them right I now. Do. I do. Dave, I, I feel get terrible. Dave. Go get him. Dave, you got a very nice haircut. Fuck. Oh. <sighs> He's not good at this. I feel terrible. Yesterday, I was driving back to the beach. That was me. Sorry. Okay. Uh, yesterday, I was driving back from the beach, and I stopped to get petrol and uh, or gas, and I uh, stopped at the <laughs> petrol station or gas station. <laughs> To fill up. This is tedious. <laughs> and uh, I was pumping the pump and it wasn't working. I was like, maybe this is one of those ones where you've got to pay inside. So I went inside. I'm like, is number 10 not working? And she, the lady goes, oh, no, I just turned it off at night because we can't really see see it. Okay. And I said, oh, is there a sign? She's like, no, we don't have a sign. And I said, do you think there should be a sign there to tell people? And she goes, yeah, maybe. And I went back to the car and I moved and I filled up. And the whole time I'm thinking, God, that was rude, Dave. You are a terrible person. And I go back inside and I'm like, look, I'm really sorry if I was rude. She's like, no, you were really nice. And I'm like, no, I think I was very rude. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have spoken to you like that. And then you went out. So again, I went, I should have just accepted that I wasn't rude the first time. Oh, I was no. so rude not to take the away from it. I just had to sit in silence. Yeah. Well, so were you alone in the car? Or? Uh, no, no, I wasn't. Okay. Cause I was it... not answering questions from the other people in the car. <laughs> Just let me feel bad. <laughs> and then I had to stew about that all night because mm. I, I, I snapped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was a crazy... I'm like Ned Flanders. <laughs> I said some horrible things tonight. <laughs> uh, in 1977, at the age of 23, Groening moved to Los Angeles to become a writer. LA. Big moved city. LA. Big smoke. LA. Oh, yeah. Los Angeles. Oh. Uh, to- oh that's not. That's cute how you shorten it. 
So we wanted to be L A. Oh. One more, one more time. L A. Okay. So that's Los Angeles is actually sometimes. Or are you just doing that? I just hope people understand what I'm talking about. Common, LA. Commonly, locally referred mm. to as L A. Yeah, that's LA. how you prove you're local. <laughs> Welcome to L A. Oh, oh. <laughs> so you live here. <laughs> Please. Oh, you were born here. You're the mayor. You should start calling Melbourne M. No, I don't like that at all. M A <laughs> Melbourne Angles. <laughs> oh, so you know what with the locals call it. <laughs> uh, he moved to LA. He wanted to be a writer, but he had a, a bunch of part-time jobs. He was a chauffeur to an elderly director. Never, oh never my god! Who it was. Oh, Dream job, Mr. Burns. Every name so far has <laughs> been thinking about people. Uh, he was a slogan writer for horror movies. Horror movie, right there on my TV. That's right. That's it. Great reference to the skyhooks there. <laughs> uh, he was a landscaper at a sewerage plant. That's one of the lowest ones. Landscaper. Why would you? Yeah. Why would you care about the landscaping at a sewerage? Because poo plant? makes stuff grow real good. Real Great good. point. Oh. Great point. Uh, he was a waiter. Ugh, yuck! It's worse than landscaping <laughs> at a poo farm. He was a waiter at the poo farm. <laughs> Let me finish. <laughs> Delivering all the poo. Stuff grew really good there. He grew a lot of crops. Yeah, I bet. Then he harvested them Uh and sold them. Interesting. As food. (laughs) Uh, He was a record store worker (laughs) at a place called Licorice Pizza. Okay, that's weird. That would, which I... I wouldn't. I'd read that title and think, "What do you sell? What do you sell?" (laughs) Licorice Pizza. No, thank you. Is he working all these jobs? At the same time. I think it's more like he's just moving on because he's bored. Because it feels it like at this like, stage yeah, it it's one be. day a week yeah. for each of them. <laughs> so on Mondays, I show for the director. Yeah. yeah. Tuesdays, I uh, cut the grass at the poo farm. Sounds Wednesdays, like I harvest at the poo farm. <laughs> uh, whilst working at the record store, he started a zine or a little comic strip called Life in Hell. Oh. Ah. Sold it at the record store for $2. He uh, tried to uh, get uh, newspapers to carry it but hell at the time was considered very blasphemous in the US of A oh. and most it was, it was US like of A, a. <laughs> is that, what's that sh- that's short for it's short for L of A loss of English but yeah news, it was on par with words like fucking stuff hell people, fucking stuff fucking stuff <laughs> well, look I, I won't fuck. I won't publish anything that says hell fucking stuff <laughs> <laughs> HR fucking stuff did not get off the ground until uh, the 90s. <laughs> fucking stuff. Um, it's a bad word is what you're saying. So most papers wouldn't even publish it. But then... Would they publish the C hell. word? But then he gained employment. The C- oh, that's fine. Just not fucking stuff, please. Yeah. Keep up. Sorry. Keep up with the, eight, the early 80s. I cannot. I was not alive. Late 70s, early 80s. Uh, he gained employment... So no one would publish it until he gained employment at the Los Angeles Los Angeles pardon, Reader, which is a newly formed alternative newspaper. His job was lowly stuff like delivering papers, typesetting, editing, answering phones, sort of um, everyday tasks. But then he showed his cartoons to the editor, James Val, who was impressed and eventually gave him a spot in the paper. Mm. Life in Hell made its, officially, made its official debut as a comic strip in the Reader, April 25th, 1980. And it became a, popul- a popular, almost... Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> What's the A sample there? Angleese. It's always Angleese. <laughs> okay, great. It'd if be he... confusing if it was anything else. Yeah, if it was his A, it's just Angleese. Okay, sorry. Come on, mate. Jesus. So you spell my name D, A, Angleese, <laughs> V, E. My middle name is, starts with an A, it is Angleese. Angleese. <laughs> Jessica Angleese Perkins. 
It's not far off, actually. Anyway, do go on. Uh, it's, it's Anne. It's Anne For Galiz. anyone who hasn't heard this before. Anne Galiz. Uh In uh, November 1984, so a few years later, Groening's then-girlfriend, Deborah, who was a co-worker at the Reader, offered to publish Love is Hell, a series of relationship-themed life in hell strips in book form. Released a month later, the book was an underground success and it sold 22,000 copies. Oh, wow. So not bad. Yeah. More than they expected. Cool. Uh, many people say his girlfriend, Deborah, who would eventually be his first wife, Deborah Groening, was the brains behind his early success. She was the one who sold his comic book to newspapers across the USA. She enlisted the help of George DiCaprio. Excuse me? Leonardo's father, no genuinely. Way. Who was at the time a cartoonist, and uh, he became Matt and Deborah's d- distributor for the comic. Well, that's pretty cool. Sounds like everyone was a cartoonist back then. It's cool, isn't it? I don't know any cartoonists I've never now. met one. You guys know a cartoonist? Matt, do you know a cartoonist? They all yeah. died out. Peter Thomas? Oh, okay, we do know Peter, yep. Sometimes Actually, I met, a, I, I, met a, I met a cartoonist at a wedding. We got, I reckon we got oh. some great cartoonist listeners. Oh, that's very true, actually. We got some of the best. We've uh, had some pretty amazing artwork, artwork come through. All I say is prove it. <laughs> Dave, you've just encouraged I'm them to draw to more weird the, uh, shit of us. I'm interested to talk about the cartoonist at the wedding. Was it like a caricature artist? No, no, no. He was like a. Well, it was one of, uh, one of the many skills this gentleman had. He was like an illustrator, cartoonist, does a whole bunch of visual art sort of stuff. Lovely guy. Oh, he good. sounds great. Yeah, he was lovely. Yeah. Is he available? No. I don't know why. But that's that's okay, <laughs> Matt. Did you get a card? No. Shit. Shit. I got a card, uh, Jess, after the gig last uh, on Saturday, from a real estate agent who was sitting oh, in the front row. Fucking. So he saw what. A comedian and thought, God, she women rich. can be real estate agents. That was David. Very, that was a bit on the wow. nose. That, there, Dave. Wow. Dave, uh, Dave crash the car, mate. Fifty-fifty. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that any day of the week. Nah, crash the car, mate. You're done. <laughs> because I called her. I hope you're listening on a windy road, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, me. <laughs> Stop sign. Whatever that. I like to imagine that future Dave hears past Dave say, hello, me, and he he goes like, aw, hello. (laughs) I won't be listening back to this one. (laughs) Um, In 1986, after after the book, which I talked about before, Mm -hmm. was named Coffee Table Book of the Month in Playboy. Hello. Which apparently at the time was a big deal. uh, Yeah, because a lot of Playboy listeners subscribed purely to to get the tips on on what books to read. It's not even Book of the Month. It's a coffee very table book. specific kind of book. Oh, they've also got novel. They've got bird watching book of the month. It's pages and pages of different kinds of books. Lots of reviews. And right at the back, like in the corner, they've got playmate of the month. But no one cares about yeah, that. No, I get it for the articles. Playboy. Yuck. Ugh, put it away, lady. It's Playboy, does that still exist? Absolutely. And they've just brought back nudity. They really? went a couple of years without, but they decided, hang on, we need this. Because the internet kind of stole their thunder. Yeah, so I think they were not making as much money. Who buys... Magazines. magazines at all. True. Definitely true. But also, like, nudie ones. Yeah. If you want to be, like, sh- unless you get a kick out of a guy behind a counter knowing yeah. that you're a dirty perv. Or that... There's no reason to do that. Or that or somebody will a... possibly and probably find it in your room at some point, too. 
You know? You notice how swollen I've been? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We're going to have to introduce Dave to porn <gasps> later. <laughs> uh, women can do porn too, Jess. <laughs> Wash your dirty mouth out. No <laughs> I'm just feeling bad because I called a real estate agent a man. Well, at least you didn't call Jess what I called her before we started recording, which, <laughs> which we, we still will haven't not, said. We will we'll not, never reveal. We'll never reveal we'll never that. Reveal. We'll never reveal. I'll sneak it in. Uh, so the book was named Coffee Table Book of the Month in Playboy, and uh, it's as a result of this, the comic started being published in the Village Voice, a newspaper that Gran- Granny had stated he wanted to get into from the start. So. As well as, and eventually was published in 200 newspapers and had millions of readers. Wow. So it's doing quite well. And it's a, it's a featured anthropomorphic rabbits sort of hastily drawn. I, I, reckon, I've, I reckon I heard about this. I, not to jump ahead, but I feel like that had a longish life, I reckon. Yes. Well, I, well I'll tell you that this uh, comic strip was published from 1977 all the way up until 2012. Oh, shit. Wow. Versions and editions going of it. Are you kidding? And was he? Did he have creative control of it? Or yeah, it was still his thing. I think because after the Simpsons made him a rich, rich man, he could do this just for fun. Right. That's cool. Nice and one. He, and he had you know creative control of this, but maybe he didn't of the Simpsons. <gasps> David. But I jump ahead. The sizzle. Love a, love a little sizzle. Uh, <laughs> Can you hear that? Sizzle. Run up Davy Boy's tongue. Sizzling. <laughs> Old hot tongue over there. <laughs> Gold puzzles, hot tongue. <laughs> what a package! <laughs> it's the two things people look for. <laughs> Have your tonsils. Why is his tongue so hot? Yeah. <laughs> oh, get out of my mouth! <laughs> uh, Matt, I really like Dave, but his just tongue is so hot. <laughs> it's hurting my eyes to look at. <laughs> Put away your tongue. Watching him eat is like staring into a fire. I just, great, though. He, I just don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he doesn't have to cook, pre-cook his food. Mm. He just puts Pops raw meat on his tongue. Yeah, but he can't eat... Sears you know. at both sides <laughs> for 15 minutes. <laughs> That's a pretty long and painful process, but... That's you know, Eating he, with Dave. He gets good results. Eating with Dave, the new program coming to you soon. <laughs> uh, Matt and Deborah married in 1987 and they had two sons, Homer and Abe. Oh. Right, I so get. I'm assuming everyone knows this. Abe's obviously Homer's dad in the Grandpa Simpsons. Simpson. That's right, Abraham. Yeah, everyone will know that, right? Yeah, but just just in case, I don't know. Maybe people have seen this and thought the Simpsons. I've been meaning to get into that. Maybe <laughs> this. Maybe this. Uh, this podcast will catch me up yep. on all those jokes. Oh God! Of which we butchered a couple at the start. I <laughs> uh, will leave Matt alone for a second. We jump to a guy called James L. Brooks, mm-hmm. who was already a TV and movie legend at this stage. Bit of a ledge. Bit of a ledge, especially in the biz. And the L stands for? Lafayette. Lafayette. <laughs> I'm sure it was going to be Los. Uh... Los Angeles. I don't know. What... I don't know this system at all. I, don't, I cannot figure it out. A is always Angeles. Yeah. L, L could L be, be anything. L can be anything. It's, right. it's Lawrence. I've looked it up for you. Of Arabia. Who was Lafayette again? That was Scientology. Right. Oh, fuck. Lafayette run That was only Last a week, week ago. yeah. It's been uh, a big week, mate. It has right. been a big week. So James L. Brooks, he's a legend in the industry, got a real aura around him Ooh. that you can see. <laughs> um, Positively glowing. People will do whatever he wants because he is Merlin. Remember when I had that aura for a bit? And oh. then, then I got that cream? Yeah. Yeah, the aura cream. <laughs> and yeah, went do away. you regret curing it? Kind of. Yeah. It wasn't my colour, though. It was purple. 
I don't look good in purple. Well, you know, who does? <laughs> Name uh, me someone who looks good in purple, apart from, obviously, Jeff the Wiggle. My year nine science teacher only wore purple. Everything was purple. That's weird. It's so weird. But it would be like purple pants, purple t-shirt, purple jacket. Oh, my God. Purple hair type. Woman. Fucking hell, Dave. <laughs> Women, Women can, can wear be... purple too. Women can be teachers. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was imagining, I was imagining uh, wake up Jeff the whole time just in oh. full purple garb. That is that is a real shorthand for letting people know you're eccentric without actually having to say it. And or, or getting anything weird like a, you know, a, a pet turtle that you walk on the lead or something like that. Just go, look, I'm... Headed so purple, okay? Eccentric. I'm eccentric. I can be eccentric uh, just by going down to Kmart, you know? I don't even have to bring my turtle, yeah, which I've got. <laughs> which I've got, obviously. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. Yeah. Of course I've got a turtle. Yeah. Anyway, Dave, do go on. What about Oprah? The colour purple. Ah, the movie that she made. Took me a second. I thought you were trying to say that Oprah meant purple. That entire time, he was completely zoned out thinking of that joke. Oh, would you call could it you, a joke? Well, he would. <laughs> and could you tell by his face how proud he was of it? <laughs> Look at his face now. He's so good. <laughs> doesn't know. What went wrong? <laughs> it's like, I don't understand. I said the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I forget the listener can't see my face. Oh, man. I can't wait face. for the live ones. They're going to love your face. Oh, my face. We'll I probably... really hope you get, like, stage fright and just freeze in front of them and you sit there very seriously. That would be fun for I'll, me. I will be wearing a mask. <laughs> of Oprah. <laughs> oh, the colour purple. That's all right, then. The greatest role. <laughs> well, you know women can be Oprah. I don't think so. <laughs> they can have estate agents. They can have science teachers. They can have them. But they can't have Oprah. Interesting. She'll, okay. always, she'll always, always be my, in my heart. <laughs> my purple, purple heart. What about Prince? He could wear a purple. I was, I was thinking of Prince. That's true. But your but year nine would, teacher... I'd call him eccentric. She was Prince. Yeah, Did I not mention my year nine science teacher was Prince? God, I, I learned a lot of science that year. You learned a lot about what happens when doves cry. <laughs> Write out the hypothesis. What do you think is going to happen? The aim. You also found out about cream shaboogie bop. <laughs> oh, bop. Oh, there you go. That's the lyric. Well, Dave can be cream. Yeah. You can be shaboogie. I'm shaboogie. <laughs> oh, I'm de- shaboogie. You're definitely shaboogie. I'm cream. <laughs> that's how we... That's... In colour and flavour. Hi. <laughs> we come out... At, we, when we do a live The Prince Experience, I come out... Dun, 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 dun. Welcome, cream. And Dave comes out... Dun, 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 dun. I'm cream. Dun, 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 dun. And then he does the double point to me. He goes, yeah. shaboogie. And I... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I'm Shaboogie. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And we both go. Bop. And I come out from a like something in the stage. Like, like a riser. <laughs> yeah, I rise from the stage. But it shoots to something it goes, goes wrong with the mechanic, fast. and you just get squashed into the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> and the music just stops playing. No, it just keeps playing. And Matt and I just stop and are looking at like a blood-soaked ceiling. <laughs> Jess is dripping down from the ceiling like she's been obliterated. Yeah. Wait, but I was wearing like a cool sequin dress though, right? You were. And, oh, that's right then. and the thing about the uh, the drips coming down, yep. purple rain. And, then... and it was all fake. And then another Jess yeah. pops out. But this time it goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a show that'll be. The cream for Boogie Bar. Spoilers. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> It's like we knew this was going to be a long episode too, so instead we're doing long bits about cream shaboogie bop. 
Should I talk about James O. Brooks? If yeah. you wouldn't mind. Oh, I'd love to hear about this guy. Mm. Uh, so, uh, at this stage, got the aura about it. That's how we got it. <laughs> Do you have any, like, examples of, of movies he's... Okay, so he'd won, he'd won several... <laughs> any movies. Especially ones he's put together. Several Emmys already for creating the Mary Tyler Moore show, which is a groundbreaking show. He then created Taxi... It's a show about groundbreaking. Oh, about breaking it's ground. It's a jackhammer, backyard style. Yeah, so I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make over this ground. First, I'm gonna jack into it, <laughs> and then I'm gonna get the jack. Then I'm gonna get the jackhammer to clean up my mess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also created a Taxi, which won 18 more Emmys. Ugh. Yeah, that's, that's the one with like lots of classic comedians. In like a taxi. All of them in a taxi, right? Like a clown car. Yeah. Is that what you were saying? No, is it, but... Is it, it driving in cars with, with it, Danny DeVito? Yeah. And was, it's like Michael Richards in it and stuff. It was like some crazy cast, I think, of if I'm thinking of the right show. Including that guy who died ages ago that people love. Mm-hmm. Andy Kaufman. Yes, him. Thinking of that. Uh, Danny DeVito. Still alive. Tony Danza. Oh, Tony Danza. That's why I get him and Kramer confused. Who's your boss? And also... Hey, I'm Kramer. You know the two? Yeah, no, that's fair. Who's the boss? I prefer who's your boss. <laughs> who's, did you say who's your boss before? Who's your boss? No, I thought you said who's the boss. Okay, good. Uh, James L. Brooks also produced, wrote, and directed movies as well. He's a production company, which he started under Fox, called Gracie Films. They did. All right, I'll list some for you. Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, Mary Poppins. Uh, that was it. No, sorry, Mary Poppins 2, Back in the Habit. <laughs> that crossover movie that we all love. Oh god, classic. Um, he also did uh, Driving Miss Daisy Crazy. Was that a spin-off? Driving Miss Daisy Crazy. <laughs> is, that, is that that one? Yeah, I'm just being silly. Do go on. Uh, he also produ- he uh, so uh, Gracie Films, which is named after the comedian Gracie Allen. Just a side fact there. Hmm. Uh, he produced uh, Big Tom Hanks. Yep. Great film. That so, was my, one of my favorites as a kid. Great right. film. Um, say anything. Great film. Never heard. Riding of it. in cars with boys. I did. I not just say riding in cars with boys like two minutes ago, and you did not hear me. Listeners will have heard that. I didn't hear. I it. Thought I, you said driving Miss Daisy crazy. No, I said that. But before I said riding in cars. Anyway, yes, keep going. Uh, Jerry Maguire. Let's go to the tape. Oh, Jerry Maguire, very good. Uh, Wes Anderson's first full-length film, Bottle Rocket. Ah, uh, with Maybe the classic it? phrase, "Show me the bottle rocket." <laughs> <laughs> Show me the bottle rocket. <laughs> Oh, was it? Uh, James L. Brooks saw the success of Jerry Maguire and decided to use that line in every production. You must. Yeah. yeah. Hey, once you find the formula for success, you mm. keep you mm-hmm. keep going, you know? Yep. Uh, he was an extremely hardworking perfectionist, sometimes to the point of being a little crazy. Was he a Virgo? <laughs> was he a virgin? <laughs> Dave. You've got to get, get, get your juices out, mate. Before... What? <laughs> Please do go on. Well, I was saying, look, Okay, so you were saying it was it was a bit full on, and then one of you also said it was a virgin. So I was like, you got to release the tension, and I called it juices, which was wrong. But I can't. Of all the dumb things I've said, why that one stopped you guys in your tracks? Matt, yeah. do, you, do you ever listen while driving your car? <laughs> <laughs> I will this time. Wrap it up. <laughs> uh, I'm going to rent a really expensive car to do it in as well. Yeah, please, a Mustang. Yeah. He's the so James L. Brooks is the first of the crazy people I'm going to introduce. There's a lot of these t- hardworking TV executive types all seem to be geniuses, but also I imagine very difficult to get on really? with in your personal life. Richard Sakai is uh, James L. Brooks' 
what people have described as his henchman at Gracie Films, like his sort of assistant, right-hand man, sidekick type person, do anything for James L. Brooks. And they modelled Smithers on him as he was devoted to Mr. Burns like Sakai is devoted to... Okay. Sort of just James making fun Allen. of him. I like henchmen too. Mm. Will you boys please be my henchmen? Well, because if you had to fire yes. someone, James apparently wouldn't want to do it himself. Oh, so I would never do that. I would he'd make send do it. the henchmen in to do all the dirty work. Uh, another player in the early Simpsons story is Barry Diller, who was the guy at the helm of Fox at the end of the eight, 80s. And Fox is the production or network that produced The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. He was a CEO of Paramount when Taxi was winning all those Emmys, so he knew Brooks well. But he and Brooks had a tense love-hate relationship because they're both pretty tense guys, much like Matt and Jess. That's right. <laughs> we're very tense. Love-hate. Uh, Barry Diller is now... I love to hate, yeah. Another <laughs> intense guy who is uh, now worth an estimated $2.6 billion that, with a B. Hang on a sec. Hang on. Hang on. All right. Okay. Carry the one. Okay, that is a lot of dollars. Yes, I thought you were about to say that is probably more than all of us put together. Uh, yeah, no, probably there, mate. So uh, Barry Diller is still a TV executive, but he invests in lots of websites. That's where he got a lot of his money. He's the chairman of the website Expedia, and uh, last year oh. paid $100,000 to have his Jack Russell cloned in Korea. What the fuck? That's the main reason I bring him up, because that's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, and probably fucked, eh? That's fucked, eh? <laughs> but, he was, uh, but he was head of Fox at this time. So he's a lot of... He's the guy that's green-lighting or red-lighting a lot of these projects. Wow. Rupert Murdoch bought Fox in 1985. Our very own Rupert Murdoch. Rupi. Australian... Uh, we don't claim him anymore. He's not a, he's an American citizen now. He's theirs. Yeah, we, we don't want to be... They can have him. ...have anything to do with him. But uh, he spent $250 million in the 80s to buy half of the network from financier Mark Rich. Rich, having fled the country to avoid a $48 million tax bill, needed the cash. So he sold it. Uh, Murdoch had partnered with another investor called Martin Davis to buy that half. And in September, Murdoch bought the other half from Davis, making him the sole owner. Reportedly, Davis wanted to flip a coin with Murdoch to see who would buy the other one out. But I guess Murdoch called his bluff. Wow. There we go. And that the Simpsons feature Rupert Murdoch once or twice. Yeah, quite a few times. Mm. I make fun of him. Uh, Fox lost $95 million the first year after Rupert bought, uh, Murdoch bought it due to some pretty average TV shows. But Murdoch was committed. He wanted to make it work. Mainly because he's $500 million in at this point. Yeah, you probably want to make that work. <laughs> Jim Brooks as people call him, had left TV for film, but he was enticed back when he began receiving videotapes from an actor and comedian called Tracy Ullman. Mm-hmm. She was up from the UK and already big over there, but wanted to do something in the USA, so she got her LA agent to keep sending videos to James L. Brooks. And uh, he was taken by what he saw in Ullman. She's a very talented lady. He decided to take the young actress under his wing and return to television. He was determined to develop a vehicle to showcase her ta- many talents, including acting, dancing, and singing. And he decided to create a sketch comedy show around her oh. that would call The Tracy Ullman Show. Cool. A typical episode would begin with uh, Ullman giving a brief introduction. It's pretty much uh, from her dressing room, which would lead into the opening credits, which would have the uh, show's theme song, which is You're Thinking Right, written by George Clinton. 
Uh, then two or three comedy sketches would be presented in each episode, most designed to showcase her ability to mimic various accents. Oh. Those always go well, those shows. Yeah, very good. Oh, hello. How are you doing? <laughs> oh. I'm Tracy Ullman. See, I can do it too, Hello, Tracy Ullman. I'm also Tracy oh, Ullman. Oh, hello. A couple of, what are we, a couple of classic Tracy Ullmans oh, here. What aren't we, we just oh, a couple oh, Tracys? What, we oh, what have we here? We got the third Tracy Ullman. Oh, oh three, three, three Tracy Ullmans. Oh, here we are. Oh, oh, hey, oh cool. Oh, blimey. Hey, 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 bangers. Bangers are mesh, all right. <laughs> These sketches would typically last 25 to 30 minutes each. No, that's not true. <laughs> Imagine if that had to. Imagine if that for 25 all right, minutes. let's do it. Until eventually, oh, right. there's like 75 Tracy Almonds on screen. <laughs> oh, hello. Very confusing. <laughs> but typically, the final sketch of the night would include a musical or dance number featuring Almond solo or with other members of the cast. So that's what it would usually be. Five, do. six, seven, eight. Da, 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 Tracy Ullman, Tracy Ullman. Have you seen any of it? It doesn't sound super good. I have, apparently it's critically... Tracy Ullman, Tracy Ullman. Well received, didn't get the great ratings. Right. Interesting. Uh, but they needed something to separate the scenes and sketches, something that completely broke it up so the audience would realise it wasn't a continuation of the last scene. Which, to me, like stuff like Saturday Night Live does that all the time. Like mm. You don't need something to break it up either. End of the Tracy Ullman sketch. Next and sketch. Why is she wearing a mustache now? I don't understand what happened to her character. Why is she not saying Tracy Ullman, Tracy <laughs> Ullman over and over again? Mm. Initially, the idea they had, they almost settled on this idea, was talking animals. They threw around the idea of a talking bear <laughs> to break it up. They weren't that into that idea, but it was the best they had at the time. <laughs> 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 Let's pencil in the bear. That's great. Uh, there is two versions as to how The Simpsons was chosen over The Talking Bear. Ken Eston, who was the producer of The Tracy Ullman Show, remembered that Richard Sakai, the right-hand man, the henchman, mm-hmm. or henchwoman, women can be henchmen too. That's true. I'm learning. <laughs> Ken remembered that uh, Richard Sakai, the Smithers to Mr. Burns, mm-hmm. James L. Brooks, had given him a drawing for his birthday, and it was a drawing from Matt Groening's Life in Hell cartoon. Ken uh, said, how about we get that guy to do drawings in between the scenes? Does anybody like that idea? And everyone was like, yeah, yeah we like that idea. <laughs> the bear's out. Fuck the bear. Oh, the bear's oh, just they got a fucked tear the bear. rolling down his face. Or yeah. her face. The bear Bears was, can be women too. The bear was finally happy that they was going to be able to put food on the bear table. <laughs> and then it was fucking out, starving. Fuck. Brutal. Oh, boy. Hey, that's showbiz, eh? It's bear. Oh. Bear-based showbiz. The other story is James O'Brook received an original drawing from Life in Hell from another person. He had uh, written, directed, and produced a very successful film called Terms of Endearment. It was an incredible success with 11 Oscar nominations, of which it won five, including Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Adapted Screenplay, all for James L. Brooks. Who starred in Terms of Endearment? Uh, Shirley MacLaine won the Academy Award for Best Actress. Mm. Jack Nicholson won the Academy Award for Best Supporting ah, Actor. I do know the one. Yes, I'm with you. So it was a big success, and this is part of the reason why James L. Brooks, he's conquered TV, he's made his own movie, and then he smashed that as well. So everyone's sort of in awe of this guy, and that's kind wow. of why he's allowed to do whatever he wants. Cool. He says, I want to make this Tracy Ullman show. Fox says, sure. Uh, but the production designer of uh, Terms of Endearment, Terms of Endearment, designer Polly Platt, Worked on the film. She was also nominated for an Academy Award for her work. So as a, a thank you to James O'Brooks, she wanted to get him a gift. She liked Life in Hell. 
and uh, claims that she bought an original print from Matt Groening's wife, Deborah. It was called Los Angeles Way of Death. And the Hollywood joke was that even if you become a success in Hollywood, you're still just as miserable as you were when you were a nobody. James apparently loved it, laughed a lot, and put it up in his office. And she claims she said to him, you should do a TV special on the characters in Matt's cartoon. So they're the two stories. Either way, he's seen life in hell, James L. Brooks. They approached Matt and uh, thought he might shut them down as working in TV was a bit too commercial because he's a bit of a hippie, bit of an... And the the cartoon's very Mm anti-establishment. So they think they're coming at him with Fox, which is a cable network now owned by Rupert Murdoch, that he might be like, nah. They ask him if they can do one-minute cartoons that could be split up into three segments to break up. So 20 seconds at a time to break up the show. And he says, sure, (laughs) why not? Yeah, because he's not an idiot. But another producer had teed up another cartoon... uh, by Heidi Perlman, who did a comic strip about a psychiatrist. I guess they're going to see the heads of their bets and see whose cartoon suited the show more. And when they started making the show, into, when it went into production, they were only getting submissions from Heidi, but they stopped getting cartoons from Matt. And when they looked into it, Groening had bailed because when he got the contract, part of the deal was that life in hell, the merchandising would now belong to Fox. Oh. And at that point, that's how he's scraping along making a living with mail orders, people like T-shirts and merchandise and stuff and he thought well this cartoon's not going to make me rich yeah and then i'll lose this money so he was like nah also he had a, a deal with the publisher so it was going to get a bit messy he yeah. was working it out so he said don't worry about it they were pretty keen on his drawings over heidi so they said how about you create some new characters ones that we could license and he said sure why not oh wow that's cool and the story is that on the way in the car on the way to the pitch meeting with fox where he had to tell them a new idea he was asked have you got your new idea yet and he said no and they said, we're on the way to the meeting now. So he sketched out a few characters based on his own family, the Simpson family. Another uh, story is that he did it in the Fox waiting room. But, but, either or. But, but probably pretty last minute. Yep. Yep, yep. And when you think, even if it was just a couple of days before, because it was last minute, even if, they, if it was, yeah. if he did a time, when you consider the thought of a totally new idea that would go on to be the most successful and uh, longest running cartoon and primetime show of all time. It's amazing, even if you spent like a couple of weeks on it. Yeah, that's that's so cool. Uh, his Simpson family were crude drawings named after his own family. Uh, the producers of the Almond Show liked them, and Fox liked them, so they signed a deal with Matt that would prove to be extremely lucrative. He was going to be given a percentage of all merchandise sold. To this day, Matt personally signs off every bit of Simpsons merchandise and gets a percentage of all the sales. Wow. That's a good deal for yeah, him. Yeah, holy shit. Especially coming from a relatively strong position, but I guess he proved that he yeah, well, was willing to walk. So, And they specul- it's been speculated that Fox offered him this deal so they could pay him less up front because they were thinking, uh, we're just signing you to do some one-minute cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to want to buy merchandise anyway? Yeah. So we can pay so him half good. as much but give him way more merchandise. But wow. because of this, TV companies apparently don't do deals like this anymore because of... What it can, because at the time of the meeting, the then 33-year-old Matt had to take a bus home because he couldn't afford a car, and now he is worth $500 million. Wow. Mainly because of this deal. That's Love amazing. It. So he should be. Fucking hell. Yeah, so, but isn't that awesome? Yeah. So they probably paid him shit all, but then... He's still done okay. Wow. Totally good. Now, because the rest of the Tracy Ullman show was not animated, they had to find an animation studio just to make the Simpsons shorts. Fox looked at roughly 200 animation studios for the job. That's too many. 
A small company called Claspy Chupo was chosen, run by husband and wife team, Gabor Chupo. and Chupo. And Arlene Klasky. What a... That sounds like a made-up gibberish name. Klasky Chupo, I know. <laughs> it totally does. That's offensive. Those are their names. Oh, I believe fuck. he's... Uh, what have I done? Hungarian. You fuck. Oh, I'm so sorry. I love Hungarian salami. That's not the same as the people. I'll accept it. Oh, interesting. Redeemed. <laughs> They're they, now the king of Hungary. <laughs> but have you heard of Class B Chupo? No. No. They, uh, they'd go on to produce yes. and animate the hey. Nickelodeon classics. Rugrats. Rugrats. Our Real Monsters, the Wild Thornberries, and Rocket Power. I knew I knew it. Oh, so they, they play at the all, end of Rugrats, yeah. They've got a very similar style, so that's dun, dun, different, dun, very different dun, from The Simpsons. Dun, dun, yeah, so I guess that, that was them making their own thing. Yeah. But this is... That's cool. Yeah, and uh, they got the gig by offering to add colour for the same price as just black and white, which is what James L. Brook initially wanted. He wanted colour. And they were like, oh, we'll do it for we'll colour, color. which is way harder for an animator. Right. He was like, all right, you got the job. Cool. Suckers. Uh, Matt Groening reportedly what found... What was that you just said there? said suckers. Oh, suckers. But I said it a bit funny. I thought you were trying to say success and you said it weird, like suckers. Suckers. So I was like, all right. Both work. Yeah, both good. Sorry, Dave. And I was just saying that Matt Groening reportedly found human skin tone portrayed in cartoons to be quite freakish at the time. Animator Georgie Pellucci decided to make Marge's skin yellow and her hair blue. Fox at first weren't so keen, but uh, Gabor Chupo asked them, uh, talked them into it, and they decided to make all the characters yellow. There you go. And also, it's been pointed out that uh, when you're flicking channels, it's very distinct. Oh, that's true, yeah. it's uh, unlike anything else. Even since the success, no one else has made... Well, nobody else would now, would they? No. Because it's so classic to The Simpsons. So now, even if even if a show was completely different, if they had the characters yellow, people would be like, oh, it's not The Simpsons. You know, like totally, it's so unique to them. The success of The Simpsons, which I will talk about, a lot of cartoons popped up to try and cash ah, in on the success. Yeah, but oh, totally. But interesting that no one would be like, oh, no. Go to that extent. Yeah. Even Futurama didn't go that way. Yeah, so they look similar. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a Matt Groening, crea- Groening created show, but didn't have the yellow. Mm. Uh, for the voices in the original one-minute shorts, for some of the main characters, the producers decided to keep it simple with Homer and Marge and just use actors that were already regulars on the Tracy Ullman show. That makes sense. So they grabbed uh, Dan Castaneda, who oh. voiced Homer and still voices Homer. He was uh, appearing on the Tracy Ullman show just as uh, part of the cast. Before landing the role on the show, he was working as a voiceover guy in radio. Oh, cool. His voice for the character started out as a loose impression of Walter Matthau. He's <laughs> from The Odd Couple. Yeah. Can you do a Walter Matthau? I'm, I'm sure he can. No, I can't. <laughs> no. Dennis. Walter... He was also on Dennis and Dennis. He was not Dennis and Dennis. Dennis. They said it just like that, too. I mm-hmm. can do an impression of Matt doing an impression of Walter Matthau. Yes, please. What was that? Dennis. Oh, very good. Dennis. Very good indeed. Oh, Dennis, you've got up to mischief again. Oh, the pointing is nice. Thank oh, you. Dennis, you've got up to mischief again. Oh, not as good. You pointed with the wrong hand. That though. was Matt. Yeah, no, I know Matt. you were doing Matt doing... Oh, no, I, I was see. pretending that Matt did it twice and the listener was like, oh my God. But they never <laughs> they, did that. They definitely knew. <laughs> no putting words in your mouth, listener? <laughs> Get that no. hot tongue out of their mouths. Interesting, no response. And there he is. <laughs> <laughs> your eye work today has been... Just off chops. Yeah. Well, when, go. when you've got eyes this big, you may as well use them. Okay, you may as well what them? Yeah. Look, I'll talk with my eyes from now on. 
Um, make for a weird podcast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. If it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, not in a way that's like, oh my God, it's expanding, like yeah, yeah. More physically. Like it's growing more customers, yes. more interest. Not like it's going to explode. Yeah, not like it's a building that's like blowing up and yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And I don't think they mean for marriage. You can sell your products on an online store, whether you sell physical or digital products, or you offer services like massage. Or oh. nails. Oh, my gosh. Or uh, consulting. Should we, after this, get mani-pedis? <laughs> Babe, I've already booked us in. <laughs> um, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. You know, what about blogging tools, you yeah. might be asking? I like to blog. I love to blog. I like to blog. I like to vlog. Yes. Well, Squarespace has powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos, and updates. You can categorize. You can share. And schedule to make your content work for you. Scheduling is the best. Oh. Yeah. It looks like Jess has just uploaded something, What it? but it's like 3 a.m. in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the exact time I wanted to do it in New York City, baby. Exactly. Capture that New York market. Yeah. You mentioned vlogging as well. If you're into vlogging, you can organise your video library, showcase your content on beautiful video pages, sell access to your videos with member areas. The possibilities are endless. Now head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. So it was originally Walter Matthau, mm-hmm. but it later evolved into a more robust voice Self-described, and he said because he said he couldn't do the the voice he initially did for nine or ten hours straight. So the oh. original Homer, he just legit couldn't keep doing it week yeah. after week after week. It ended up being yeah, just more of a deeper version of yeah. his own voice. But yeah, I remember the early, you know, that hundred thirty-eighth episode, episode spectacular, spectacular, and they showed old clips. Were they actual old clips? Yeah. For- yeah. What does matter? Never mind. <laughs> that that clip, well, they, I always wondered if they were fucking with it and saying, "Look how these old episodes that didn't exist." But that was real. I'm pretty sure it genuinely is a clip show. Yeah, that's interesting. But they also add in other stuff, like, and he did sound like a bit like Walter Matthau. Yeah, the the voice is completely different. Totally is, but they stuck with him, and he would go on to voice numerous other characters, including Grandpa Simpson, mm-hmm. Barney Gumble, Krusty the Clown, Groundskeeper Willie, Mayor Quimby, Hans Molman, Sideshow Mel. Itchy, Kodos, the squeaky voice teen, Arnie Pie, and Old Gill. That's all Gil. one guy. Make Old Gill. Make the sale. Gill, make the sale. I love Gill. Gill is great. Gill's so good. It's like, who's that there? Is that Fred? Oh, no, don't put him on. <laughs> put his wife sitting in a fair. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, Julie Kavner was already an Emmy Award winning actress as well as being a regular on uh, The Allman Show. She was chosen to voice Marge using her normal speaking voice almost exactly. Oh, wow. Uh, she also voices Marge's mother, Jacqueline Bouvier, and sisters Patty and Selma. Yeah, Bou- so she just does all the Bouviers. That makes sense. 
Yeah, it'd be weird if someone did a near, a very close margin pressure, yeah. but they got they got Dan Dan to do it. <laughs> Uh, so that's the two people that were already on the show, but then they started casting around. Yeah, Yardley Smith was brought in because the casting director remembered that she had a funny voice. Does have a pretty funny voice. She was only 22 at the time when she was asked to read for the part of Bart. When that didn't work out, she auditioned for Lisa and got the part. Yeah, cool. Uh, she was born in Paris and came to the USA age two and holds dual citizenship. Yeah. She is the only member of the main cast who solely voices one character, so she just does Lisa. Oh, that's cool, yeah. No other characters. Yeah, that is makes she sense. a Scientologist or something? No, she's not a Scientologist. <gasps> but Nancy Cartwright, who was initially brought into audition for the role of Lisa, but when she saw a picture of Bart and read a brief description about him, she improvised the line, Wall man, yeah! To which Groening said, that's it, that's him, that's our Bart. So, uh, so wow. one came in for Lisa, one came for yeah, Bart, and they, they swapped. Switched. Oh, oh, that's, that's cool. cool. man, yeah, that's the line that got her the role that would make her an absolute millionaire. That's some good improv. It Matt? definitely is. Matt? On yeah, spot, go. Oh, give, okay. us, give us some improv. All right, I'm coming in, I'm playing a boy character, okay. Um, oh, no, boobity-boo. We'll, we'll call you. Okay. Um, and it probably will be a no. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second week in a row we've auditioned Matt. Matt. Oh, I've got one. How about, uh, uh, yeah, man, whoa. Uh, you got the job. Thank, Thank you. you so yeah, much. Yeah, that was man. so clearly. That's him. That's, that's him. him. That's, that's our, our Bart. That's, that's our boy. Bro. That's our Barty boy. That's our Dave on the podcast. That's oh, how wait, 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 wait. Before you give it to her, give, give me one more chance. Was that give you, Walter Matthau? Whoa, whoa. Boobity boo. Yeah, see, it's the boobity boo that that's I'm not. Problem. Yeah, that's the problem. I'm, I'm, I'm will not budge on the boobity boo, and I will not budge either. So, well, I think we're at an impasse. Thank you for your time, um, and for wasting mine. Look, I'm not going to take. And I will see you n- in hell. Oh. Good day, sir. Like the cartoon. At there the is start. the door. You'll see me. There is the door. Having a There's the door. Hell. There's the door. There's the door right there behind yeah, you. Yeah, I'm looking at the door. What yep. next? Walk through it. All because you said boobity boo. Boobity boo. This is fucked. Yeah, well. This is how you're going to run business? Well, this TV show is going to be bullshit and you'll never be successful and suck a fuck. You can also (laughs) suck a fuck, sir. And you can suck a fuck, sir. Hey, I just can. And you can also suck a fuck, fur. And you can suck fur, fucker. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many people in this audition. We've actually got a different part that you would probably be great for. It's an angry old man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, I accept. Thank you, I accept. Boobity boo. <laughs> oh, he did it again. No, get out. Remember, that's exactly what happens when they audition Poochie. He does his voice. Oh, I'm rocking Poochie. And then he says, oh, I'm sorry, next. And he's like, oh, I didn't get the part, hey. Yeah. <laughs> they give him because he sassed him. That would be what happened with you, Matt. If you ever got an audition. <laughs> uh, back to Nancy Cartwright. She joined the, the Church of Scientology in 1991. A few 91. years later. She was a... Awarded uh, Scientology's Patron Laureate Award, and all she had to do with that, to win that, was to donate $10 million. What? Twice her annual salary to the church in 2007. How? How did she... Oh, in 2007. I understand. Oh, not straight away. She didn't buy it. Yeah, I thought she'd done that within the first two years, and I was like, how? $10 million. $10 million. That's all. She gets paid $5 million a year. Well, we'll talk about their wages. I wouldn't mind that at all, to be honest. Uh, Cartwright also voices Nelson. Todd Flanders, <laughs> Ralph Wiggum, and Kearney. Kearney? Oh, so only one of the Flanders boys. Yeah. I assume they're both the same. Who's Kearney? Uh, the, the white t-shirt head. wearing uh, bigger bully. Yes, gotcha. Yep. Thank you. 
Uh, Harry Shearer came on board after producer Sam Simon asked him to and told him it would only be an hour a week's work. <laughs> Harry has later said, Sam lied. <laughs> Shearer had, at this stage, already had two stints on Saturday Night Live and co-wrote, co-created and starred as Derek Smalls, the bass player in one of the greatest movies of all time. This is Spinal Tap. Do you guys like Spinal Tap? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they rock. I also please, like, don't, please don't ask me any follow-up questions. I also like the movie we're talking about. <laughs> They, they sing your it. theme song, uh, what's your anti-theme song? Big Bottoms. Big Bottoms, <laughs> Big Bottoms. Oh, I like Big Bottoms, I just have about one. Bumps, oh, okay. He likes Big Butts, and he cannot lie. Fuck. That's my one weakness. I cannot lie about These it. His other brothers can't deny. My other brothers? <laughs> 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 Boppity boop? <laughs> You've got the part. Wait, hang on. <laughs> Uh, Harry doesn't voice any of the main family, but he voices many, many characters, including Monty Burns. Ah, Skinner. Yes. Monty Burns, Skinner. He does it. Well, he does. Oh, well. Reverend Lovejoy. No. Yes. Yes, he, he does. Uh, <laughs> I yelled over you and did not hear your answer. Yes was the he answer. He does Monty Burns. He also does Smithers, meaning he has a lot of conversations with himself. Yeah, it happens to all of us. Uh, Ned Flanders, Principal Skinner, Otto, Reverend Lovejoy, Dr. Hibbert. Okay. Kent Brockman, okay. Jasper, I was gonna Lenny, get all, I was definitely going to get all these. Eddie, yeah. McBain, uh-huh. Scratchy, and yep. many more one-off characters. Oh, Jesus. That's such good range. There are some pretty varied Incredible. voices in that. The difference between Lenny and like McBain. Yeah. yeah What's I the can... difference? Give us an example. Hi, I'm Lenny. <laughs> and <laughs> I am McBain. I'm McBain. There we go. Very good. That's the range right there. And finally... Hank Azaria, also just uh, 22 years old at the time of auditioning, he was uh, starring in a one-man play that apparently no one was going to see when he got a call to audition for the role of Mo, He did a bad Al Pacino impression, an impression he was doing in the one-man play. <laughs> and he got the gig. Awesome. When he uh, joined the show, he'd previously only ever done one voiceover role, which is amazing as he too does millions of characters, including Apu, Mo, Chief Wiggum, Comic Book Guy, Lou, Carl... Dr. Nick, Snake, Kirk Van Houten, the Sea Captain, Bumblebee Man, Cletus, Superintendent Chalmers, Dredrick Tatum, and many more. I love Dr. Nick. Dr. Nick is great. Ah, it isn't Mr. McGreg with a leg for an arm and an arm for a leg. (laughs) A poo feels troublesome now, a little little troublesome. Apparently, at the time, yeah, he claims that they wanted it to be uh, like a stereotypical Indian person, Uh, but then... They later said that he came up with the voice for that one. Right. Oh, everyone blaming everyone, eh? So there we have our main voice crew. So the one-minute choice for The Simpsons was pretty basic, focusing on the family's daily life with the kids being kids and annoying their parents. Kids. They love to annoy. That's right. Matt Groening would turn up on set with a two-page script and then the voice actors would go off and record the voices in between blocking and rehearsals for the show. And then the animation studio had one week to make the show week to week. Cool. We just tried to keep ahead. In the first two seasons, the shorts were divided into three or four parts, but in the third season, they were played as a single story. And according to some, out of everything on the show, the cartoons got the biggest laughs from the live audience, and the producers knew they were onto something good. So how many... So there's a, we're in a multiple seasons now. I didn't yeah. realize it lasted that long. Well, they did four seasons of the Tracy Ullman show. Oh, all cool. So that, you know, you'd call that some sort of a success. Yeah, so it's not like a bomb or anything. Yeah. It's just that, sadly, it's only remembered yeah. because of the, the show The Simpsons the... came out yeah. of. Yeah. yeah. It's like anything would come out of that. 
Even the Drew Carey show would feel dwarfed. And we all know how great that was. Did the Drew Carey show come out of Tracy Elvin? No. <laughs> Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. Ryan Styles. Cleveland in what state, Jess? Ohio. Ohio. Ohio the greatest, he yells Ohio, right? The greatest state of them all. Yeah. Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> Jess Perkins in Geography Girl. <laughs> she can identify anything on a map. If it's clearly labelled. <laughs> what's that? Uh, land. Uh, what's this? That's a water. That's some water. More land. What's that? That's the edge of the map. Mm-hmm. Edge of the mm-hmm. map That's there. a cork board. <laughs> this is my fridge. <laughs> That's my mum. <laughs> She just, like, just touching her face at the point. Just, just kind of touching her nose or like her cheek a little bit. This mum. Annie. Annie. Stop touching Annie on the face. <laughs> she loves it. She hates it. She's like, get off me. And I'm like, I, I love you. No one loves that. Being nah, pointed at. She loves it. To the point of touching their nose. Interesting. No one. Oh, I like it. Oh, no. <laughs> Dave, do go on. When the cast were being made up, in order to entertain the audiences, the uh, crew would play a bunch of these one-minute cartoons back-to-back, and the audience loved it. But one of the main reasons James L. Brooks considered uh, taking the show to a full series was the director of the many shorts, David Silverman, accosted him at a Christmas party whilst very, very drunk, and uh, Brooks had never heard someone speak so passionately to him, mainly because people were scared to death of him, about how making The Simpsons into a full show, what it would mean for animation and uh, for primetime television. Wow. So he was like, yeah, someone's finally telling me how they feel. Well, that's cool. So you, you know what happened there? Alcohol uh-huh. saved another day. As Just it another always example does. Where, where alcohol proved to be good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I rest my case, Your Honor. And yes, I will drink drive again. <laughs> And no, and you can fuck your tree off. I don't care that it was in your front yard. Uh, I was drinking the good juice, as I call it. Whiskey. <laughs> I came up with that, me. The, the good, good juice. juice. I think we should hire him after all. He's improvising madman. Bubbity boop. Oh, no, he ruined it again. Uh, whilst all this is happening, Fox were actually looking to shut down the Simpsons shorts because they're costing about fifteen grand a week and uh, apparently not testing well with the audience survey, despite when they play it to the live audience, they love it. Hmm. But uh, now Jim Brooks had an idea, and when Jim Brooks has an idea, he does what he wants. Jim Brooks, what a cool dude. Uh, you'll notice at the start of every episode of The Simpsons, after the couch gag, you know, the, yes. when they sit on the couch, which I never considered this, but when researching this, it makes complete sense. They... Uh, tailor the couch gag to be as long as they need to make up the rest of the episode. So if they have an extreme, like a short episode, if they're short a minute, they play that really long one where they're all dancing with elephants and the circus and stuff. But if they don't have enough time, they shorten the intro altogether or make it a really quick one. So it's it's just a device to kill an extra minute of television each week. That's why they have the long... Matt Groening wanted a really long theme song. He didn't realise, because he hadn't watched TV apparently since the 70s. He'd given up on it. Of course he, he had. He didn't, didn't realise that TV shows no longer did long theme songs at the time. He was like, yeah, just like they did in the 70s. Great long theme song. We'll have a car chase. It'll be amazing. And then they made it and they were like, well, at least we don't have to animate a minute of TV every week. Yeah, that's pretty good. Worked out well. Got Smart. that. Smart. 
But you'll notice after the couch gag on the main TV, it says uh, created by Matt Groening, and then it says developed by Matt Groening, James L. Brooks, and the third name is Sam Simon. We come to our third main player in the development of The Simpsons. Sam Simon was already a veteran writer and producer who had worked with Brooks on Taxi. He worked on The Tracy Ullman Show and had also written for Cheers. It was Where everybody his... knows your name. And that name is Sam Simon. Uh, he assembled the first writer's room for The Simpsons. He assembled the best writers in the country, a writer's room that is still revered to this day amongst American TV writers. Still talk about how it was so good. He is often, as in Sam, credited with being the chief architect behind The Simpsons, responsible for developing the heart and soul of the show when adapting it from these one-minute shorts about a family to a full-length series about an entire town. Hmm. Sam developed and defined the looks for Chief Wiggum, Mr. Burns, Dr. Hibbert, and nearly all the characters voiced by guest stars. He put together the models, which are the basic set of drawings of each character that the animators work from. So here's like the basic, here's what they look like when they're doing this, 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 and now you fill in the blanks. He made those. Hmm. Uh, reading what people say about Sam, he seemed to be revered, but much like James Book, probably a bit, James L. Brooks, uh, probably a bit hard to work with. Matt Groening said, I think Sam is brilliantly funny and one of the smartest writers I've ever worked with, although unpleasant and mentally unstable. Oh. A bitter relationship would develop between Matt and Sam. In the Washington Post, after the first series had aired, Matt said, I'm involved in every creative aspect, from conception of ideas to writing scripts to directing voices to designing characters. Sam replied, he's doing a lot of other stuff for the show, merchandising and things like that. He's like the show's ambassador. So oh, wow. They both wanted to be the man yeah. about the show. Oof. Matt actually developed the template of The Simpsons, specifically the family, and Sam turned it into a whole world and made it more than just The Simpsons. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, he came up with the idea, and then many people that Sam, over the first few seasons, developed it. When The Simpsons exploded, Matt would be the face of the brand as he was listed as the creator. So everyone wanted to interview him. The newspapers wanted to write about where's this show come from. And they, you know, they saw the creator. And also James L. Brooks because he'd won all those Oscars and those Emmys. Everyone already knew who he was. Sam Simon was famous in the TV world, but largely in the mainstream was unwritten about and this pissed him off. Mm-hmm. It also made the other writers laugh that Graining would lap up the spotlight and talk about being in the writer's room late at night when he actually didn't have that much involvement with the writing of the full show. Running joke early on in the writer's room was that Matt had been assigned a script to write a full script that he was in charge of, and over the first seasons of the show, it never materialised. The joke was that he was going to hand it in any day now, (laughs) and it never came. But Sam was like smashing out ideas apparently most times a lot of times they'd come up with a punchline for a joke and everyone would say theirs and about nine times out of ten they'd go with sam's idea wow Wow. but they i've also read that if you had a better idea than his he was happy to go with it he wasn't like no you got to do my idea the best idea won so much like in this podcast we would go for dave's joke um nine times out of ten yeah come on mate yeah, look, I'd, I'd like to run the numbers. Oh, fuck. Here we go. <laughs> Matt Wood, you are the numbers guy. Uh, the relationship between Matt and Sam got worse, much like Matt and myself. Mm-hmm. Matt and myself. <laughs> Matt and myself. <laughs> the problem with the podcast is I'm not giving the credit that I'm duly done. <laughs> I don't know what that word is, but do go on. <laughs> <clears throat> 
Um, Matt eventually snubbed Sam at the Emmys and didn't invite him to sit at the Simpsons table. Oh, brutal. hi Sam uh, would eventually leave at the end of the fourth series, but as a credit to how much he developed the show, he would continue to earn 20 to $30 million a year up until his uh, death from cancer in 2015. Wow. He then bequeathed his entire $100 million estate to various charities that he'd supported throughout his lifetime. Oh, wow, that's cool. But to get to the end of the fourth series for him to leave, we've got to have the first series. So to get the first series off the ground, they put seven of the one-minute episodes together and secretly te- uh, tested it with audiences. And it tested through the roof. People love that shit. <laughs> uh, they showed, that's a huge surprise. They love that shit. Yeah. They showed Barry Diller, who's the guy, the head of Fox that resurrected his, or cloned his dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was sceptical. Oh. Not enough. He was like... Can I clone my dog? Can I clone my dog from this? Yeah. That's all I care about. <laughs> I want a Jack Russell on my desk by the end of business. And if not... And I want it to be the exact same yeah. as my current dog. Thank you. And if I don't have that dog, you don't have a series. <laughs> you know what? James L. Brooks got that dog. Because he's fucking James L. Brooks. <laughs> uh, he knew animation costs a lot. And he knew that James L. Brooks probably wouldn't want to just do a pilot. He'd want a full series. Because mm-hmm. he's James L. Brooks. Sure. You don't give James L. Brooks a pilot. You give him a fucking series. He doesn't half-ass. No, exactly. So he, so Barry was a bit worried because it's going to cost heaps. Barry took Rupert, the big boss of Fox, aside and secretly showed him the shorts that they put together. And Rupert loved it. He thought it was hilarious and told Barry, you've got to buy this tonight. Wow. It was, But they shopped around. They shopped the idea around. They showed it to the heads of ABC Television who loved it. And they said they'd buy it on the spot. Diller heard that the ABC was interested, so he committed uh, $13 million to secure 13 episodes. What? So they played them off against each other. A million dollars an episode. What? I imagine that's that's heaps in the 80s as well. Yeah, big that's money. So for, a, much. For, a, for a cartoon. Because, yeah, I wonder how much it would cost now. Imagine just because of voice talent. The voice talent costs heaps. millions an episode. Yeah. And I've got to say, at, at this time, the very idea of doing a cartoon for adults at primetime was super out there. The yeah. last time they'd done it was at the end of 1966 for the Flintstones. Oh, so wow. no one's done it over 20 years. And there's no like South Park or Family Guy or anything like that, obviously. Mm. They get influenced by this. So uh, people are unsure if this one-minute show that people like could actually be a half-hour TV series. Yeah. Wow. To make it suitable, James L. Brooks wanted to make it way deeper than the one-minute short. So that's why he wanted more more about the town, more more stuff going on. Yeah. Not just... Because the one-minute shorts, I've watched a few of them because some are on YouTube. It is like Homer being pissed off that Bart does silly stuff. Yeah. Which is cool for a minute. But, like, you know, they don't have the heart and the soul and, like, the recurring jokes or... Yeah. Just the context. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. St- you know how The Simpsons makes you feel human a lot of the time. There, there was a big change, right, when it... Early on, especially, it was a show about Bart, and then I've heard people say that it got better when Homer became the main guy. Yeah, so I will talk about Bart Mania, and when that dies down, what they do instead. But initially, money was tight, and they had to edit the series out the back of a tiny trailer for the first six months. But The Simpsons moved up in the world in 1988 when they got their own lot at Fox. The writer's room was in Gracie Films' bungalow, which was a... Bungalow, formerly owned by Marilyn Monroe. Oh, cool. So it's probably nicer than any bungalow I've ever been in. Oh, definitely. I imagine some shitty bungalow. I don't think so. Better than the bungalow you lived in, Matt, as a, as yeah. a teen. Three by three meter cube. <laughs> oh, yeah, good. that's right. Did it have a window? That was a, win- that was a small window. Thank God. Yeah, it was permanently open. Uh, because The Simpsons looked unlike all cartoons of the old animation style, 
mm-hmm. Disney, Warner Brothers, Flintstones, all that kind of stuff. If you think about it, it looks nothing like that. Mm. Uh, the animation head, Sherry Gunther, got a lot of younger animators and student animators who would come in and easily adapt to their new style, unlike older veterans who were sort of stuck in their ways. Yeah. Things like Mickey Mouse, Bugs Bunny. They found it easier to teach new young talent how to do it. So these young animators would, and also they'd have new ideas, so they'd define the look of the show, young people. Wow. Uh, the Simpsons needed a theme song for that very long intro I was talking about, so they got... Uh, Danny Elfman, legendary composer and musician, to make the theme song. It took him three days, two hours, 48 minutes and 19 seconds. But who's counting? But who's counting? He uh, is a very famous composer, won a lot of awards, and he realises that his most famous work is the Simpsons theme song. Wow. It's a great tune. Uh, Matt Groening had approached him and How's asked... How's that one go? Louie, uh, Louie. Oh, oh, no. no we got to go. Yeah, that's right. Louis, oh, Louis. That's good. What was that, the Kingsman? Yes. <laughs> uh, Matt Groening had approached Elfman and asked for a retro-style theme song, and it took two days re- to record with a full orchestra. That's pretty cool. Now, for the first episodes, the animators would draw a storyboard for each of the commissioned episodes. They would be accompanied by extensive notes for directions and camera instructions, and then they'd send the rest to South Korea, where they were animated by hand by hundreds of artists who were paid not very much. Really? Wow. A little bit dodgy. Because it would take so long, so they'd send these off and they'd have to wait months before they see anything back. Obviously, when you're making a a pilot or series for another thing, you can watch the edit from that day. So you you have an idea of what's going on. Mm. But they had to wait months and they had no idea what was going to come back. And when it finally came, they were pretty excited to see, you know, the pilot. 50 people crammed into a tiny room to watch the first episode. They were so fucking excited. And it was awful. Oh, really? The animation was unwatchable. It was out of sync. The color was off. Everything looked shithouse. Oh, no. The animators had also taken some license, including uh, when the family are watching a TV show called The Happy Elves Meet the Curious Bear Club. A bear cub tears the head off an elf and starts drinking its blood. And they're like, this is not the show we want to make. Great. Great. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's So everyone's super excited. They've all watched it. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They watch it. Then no one says anything. Silence. And then James L. Brooks says, he stands up and says, do you think we could uh, thin out the ranks a bit? And everyone fucking ran out the room. So, and it was just left was uh, a couple of the producers, Matt Groening, James L. Brooks, and a head, anim- head animator. And they all felt like they were fucked. They were Aww. like, we just ordered 13 of these. This looked terrible. So they had to delay the series to work out the kinks. A big problem with the animation is people were struggling to draw in Groening's style. So he's really like cartoony and just draws it in a second and throws it off. But that's not good to reproduce over and over yeah. and over again. So they had to round out the characters a little bit, make them a bit rounder. So you'll see between the shorts and the first episode, they look a little bit different. And then yes. as the series goes on, now they look completely... In that 138th episode, you see, yeah, it's yeah. so different. They sort of get... Unsquashed. Yeah, so and that's much easier to like the, t- the even the shirts they're wearing and stuff. Super easy to make. Uh, fortunately, the next episode that came in was a Christmas-themed episode called Simpsons, roasting on an open fire, and it looked a lot better. So it was decided that everything would be delayed up until Christmas, so the Simpsons could debut as a Christmas special. Oh, cool! And that's what happened on the seventeenth of December, nineteen eighty-nine. A good year. A good year, Matt. And that's the first year with. Uh, the, that's the first one with the dog? Yeah, that's right. The first and one with the dog. And El Helper. And that's the first ever. It was the, the second highest rating show in Fox's history up until that point. Wow. So it did well. What was number one? I'm not sure. 
Married with Children was on at the same time. That was their big show. So probably that, I would say. Cool. Uh, the series continued the following month. So they took it. They had the Christmas special. A few weeks off. 14th of January. So the only ever episode to be in the 80s was the, that first episode. Ah. Everything else is the 90s. 1990, 14th of January. A good year. A good year. The year of our Can birth. Lord. Birth. birth. We are your Lord. Year of Hell. Or what was it again that you called me earlier today? Was it Lord? Did recall. you call it a religious figure? Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> but I digress. I mean, we've talked about it so much, people don't want us to talk about that anymore. No, they, they don't want to know. Uh, the uh, Simpsons continued the 14th of January in its regular Sunday 8.30 slot in America. That's when it first came out. The numbers only improved. By May, The Simpsons was number one at its time slot, top 20 for the week. Wow. And, uh, and that... that at that time, Fox was only available in four out of five homes in America, so they're missing a big part of the market. So, considering it was doing very four well... Four out of five. So, they're missing... Hmm. One out of five, mm-hmm. which is... A fifth. Which is, as a percentage, yes. Twenty. Twenty, well done. I clapped for myself. Numbers. Uh, the Simpsons quickly became Fox's biggest show, even bigger than Married with Children. And that classic Married with Children theme song. Alloe, alloe. Oh, we Yeah, great. God, it's such a good show. Frank Sinatra, what a great singer. They did, they did some Married with Children on The Simpsons, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, oh, Peg. Al, I want to have sex. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, Peg. And then a toilet <laughs> flushes and they all yeah. laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. That's great. Uh, I don't know, Peg. In a nutshell. That's it. Critically, monetarily, and comedically, The Simpsons was a huge success from the end of its 13-episode run. It went so well that they were worried about what to do when the series finished. Murdoch wanted constant reruns, but Brooks and Simon didn't want to exhaust their success with saturating you know, the market with their show. This is a time where the executives were right and the creators were wrong because the reruns were incredibly popular and just kept bringing more and more fans on board. Well, that's like, like how we would watch the exactly. same. And, and like it was often... But it freaks me out to think, like, when I started watching it, you know, it was like 1998 or something, so they've got eight, the first eight series. So yeah. it's about 200 episodes to cycle through. But if they're playing six a week, that's every series on, on the Saturday and Sunday. It freak, yeah. you know, it, I can't think of a time when The Simpsons didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, when the second series came, the Fox executives had a big, bold plan. A big, bold plan? A big, bold, their big, bold plan <laughs> to move The Simpsons from Sunday <gasps> to Thursday. No. Night. That's a bold plan. I've always loved Thursdays. And Thursday night would mean it would go up against the biggest show on TV at the time, the reigning champion. Oh, let, let me guess. Sign. I don't know he started saying S. I was going to say 60 Minutes, but 60 I heard that minutes. was really popular. It's so a that's show. Not a Thursday show. It's a family-friendly show that now you wouldn't even rerun because of what's happened since. Cosby. It's the Cosby oh, show. Yes! That was, that was huge. Was so it? that was a fucking massive, the biggest wow. family-friendly show at the time. Yeah, not so family-friendly, am I right? It was oh, decided no. that The Simpsons would go up against this juggernaut, and the uh, newspapers built it up like a boxing match. The LA Times headline, Bart versus Bill. Oh, New York no. Times. <laughs> Simpsons to compete with Cosby. That's, um, that's crazy. Yeah, cool. Sam Simon didn't like this idea and thought it was distracting away from the show. So what he did, he created a character called Dr. Hibbert that wore <gasps> sweaters, laughed stupidly, and made fun of Bill Cosby. Yeah. I like, I like Dr. Hibbert's laugh, which I cannot do. <laughs> no, it's high. It's like a... <laughs> Matt, have a go. No, I think Jess got pretty close there. I don't think I'll beat that. 
<laughs> no, but I, if you could please, there we go. That's a bit better. If you could please laugh like that from now on, that would be really great. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> so the big night came. Bart versus Bill. And when ding, the ratings ding. came in, Bill Cosby. This is as a percentage of all viewers, 18.5. That's big. The Simpsons, 18.4. Oh, Just missed the mark. But when you close. think about the fact that only four out of five televisions got Fox, yeah. it was pretty great and it only continued to improve. And by Thanksgiving, they beat Bill Cosby. Take that, Bill Cosby. And that was the last series of The Cosby Show they made. The Simpsons wow, ran them out of town. That, they genuinely, that is sort of, that's pretty brutal TV to go, we're going to try and take you down. Isn't it? Yeah. In there. I guess it's business. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a bit, bit crazy light. <laughs> bit lady light, bit crazy light. No, no, I'm saying all right. In there. Fully sure I know what you're saying, but I like it. I like how you're saying it, even though I don't know what you're saying. Mm. Mm. Uh, the Simpsons continued continue to improve and officially beat Cosby by Thanksgiving. And now the Simpsons proved they could officially compete with anyone. Oh, that's... If I was going to audition for a part with... Boop, 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 oh, it would have been Cosby show. Oh, Simpsons yeah, no, okay, Oh, yeah. Jesus. But... Oh, the flipping and the flopping and the beeping and the pooping. <laughs> uh, the world went crazy for The Simpsons. It was a hit ratings-wise for Fox and was a top ten show overall. A merchandising boom began and Fox signed a deal with Mattel and 50 other product licenses. TV merchandising like this had never been been seen before. When TV Guide put The Simpsons on the cover, it sold more issues than any other that year. Six TV cartoon sitcoms were put into development by other networks trying to compete, all inspired by The Simpsons. Steven Spielberg and Tim Burton developed Family Dog, (laughs) a show created by Brad Bird, who worked on uh, a lot of cartoons and now directs films like... Mission Impossible, but uh, it only started off with Family Dog. Family Dog, and it only aired two episodes. Oh, really? I would have thought Family Dog would have done really well. The can of the Family Dog. Family Dog was put in the bin. But uh, as Bart said in the early, as Bart said, as Matt said about Bart in the early days, it was all about Bart. He was a cultural phenomenon, and it was described as Bart mania. Bart was seen as critics as obnoxious and a bad influence and shirts that read underachiever and proud of it were banned from many public schools no fun in an interview with people magazine in 1990 then first lady barbara bush described the show as the dumbest thing i've ever seen marge responded in character with with a tongue-in-cheek letter saying i've always thought we've had a great deal in common each of us living our lives to serve a great man (laughs) the lady wrote back and apologised for her loose tongue. And if you remember, later on they had uh, two bad neighbours. Yes. Uh, Barbara Bush and uh, George Bush Sr. A really good episode, which was uh, based Very on good. Dennis the Menace. Uh, the revenue for the first year from merchandising was estimated to be $750 million. In the first year, did you first say? First year. $750 million. In 1991, Matt Groening made Forbes' list of top 40 richest entertainers with an estimated $18 million oh in earnings. Oh, my God. Imagine if he'd stayed anti-establishment and said no. Yeah, that's why you should always say yes to the man. Fuck yeah. That's where the big dollars come from, baby. Really Name a rich so hippie, much. you know? Name one. Can you be rich and a hippie? You can name some exactly. rich past hippies. Exactly. Yeah. Sell out. Sell out. Sell out. Do Sell it. Sell out. Get your millions. Get a yacht. 
Live Barney's your life. I am willing to sell out for a yacht. I will say that. On oh, record. I don't know if I want no, a yacht. I'm yeah, not that big yachts. on boats. but You don't want a yacht? I don't get nah. it. What rich people want yachts? Yeah, I don't get that. Don't you like the idea of sailing the seven seas? Not really, no. no. I'm a land lover. Uh, yeah, or I'd like to fly. Fly? Yeah, fly me to the moon. All right, fine. I'll buy you a fucking golf stream. You want that? Yeah, but they're the things that make the water sparkle. That's only funny to you because Dave never remembers the name of Soda Stream. Soda Stream. I can't remember what it's... Now, that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> we know, mate. We I know. I take a yacht. Would you rather Soda Stream or a yacht? Soda Stream. Oh, you poor bastards. <laughs> Growing up in the Avalon East, uh, I'm more au fait with the yacht life, not the soda life. You would get... I don't make my own soda. I fucking own Pepsi. You would so get seasick. Yeah, I would. <laughs> you wouldn't even be able to enjoy your and own be fucking like, yacht. Have these bubbles to calm your stomach? And I'd be like, I refuse. <laughs> I will not put them near my tum tum. My burning tongue tongue. My hot tongue. Tum. Uh, Nineteen ninety one. Music and record label legend David Geffen had the idea of doing a Simpsons Christmas album for Christmas that year. It became the Simpsons Sing the Blues. The writers wrote humorous lyrics for the characters to sing over blues and hip-hop tracks produced by DJ Jazzy Jeff. Oh, man, that sounds like the worst idea. The album, album went triple platinum within weeks. Could I be DJ Jazzy Jess? Yes. Oh, that's good. Thank you so much. That could be... I'm pretty yeah. jazzy. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know when you're going to be able to use that. DJ Jesse. What do you call yourself? DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Princess? No, I wouldn't call it that. Wouldn't say that. I would probably call myself DJ Jazzy. What would you say, DJ Jazzy Jess and the Fresh Princess? Hmm. Mm. Oh. Matt, oh, would you call me a princess? I'm not au fait with that at all. <laughs> How good is the word au fait? Au fait is great. I'm so au fait with au fait. <laughs> with being au fait on all topics, young and old, mm-hmm. small and large, uh-huh. especially yacht related. <laughs> You're au fait with yachts. I'm so au fait. I've never been sailing in my fucking life. <laughs> I've been on about two boats. Oh, it sounds. No Did you get seasick? Um, I no. did. I did. Did you? Oh yeah. You bloody land lubber. <laughs> I'm a land lubber. I'm a pirate. Oh yeah. It just yeah. it sounds like a nightmare. It's just sailing around the world. A lot you're, of maintenance too. Relying on the wind. And it takes forever. Yeah. Like just fly there. Where do you? Is it because you you reckon you're going to enjoy the journey? Being in like horrible swalls, squalls, swalls aren't things. Are you trying to say squirrel the American way? <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> Why do you say squirrel? Look at the word. Why is it squirrel? Squirrel. 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 Also, why do you say Graham and not Graham? If anything, it should be Graham. Or Craig. Graham. And not Craig. Yeah. Anyway. Craigslist. We have squirrel. We have quite a lot to still get through, I'm assuming. No, we're nearly there. Nearly there. Uh, The biggest song. Fuck. The biggest song from uh, The Simpsons Sing the Blues. Yes. Another single? Uh, the Bartman. Do, Do the, the Bartman. Bartman. I remember that. I was I was alive when that came out. I thought you uh, co-wrote it. <laughs> I co-wrote it. I was quite old at the time. It was one of my last hits. It was originally called Do the Mat Man, but no one knew who I was. No, it didn't catch on. <laughs> so it didn't catch on. So Do I... the Mat Man. <laughs> it was co-written by Michael Jackson, or is that just That's a right, rumor? it was... Secretly co-written and co-produced by Michael Jackson, who denied it at the time. Oh, I love the episode where Michael Jackson is in it. Yeah. <laughs> also uncredited, right? Lisa, yeah, that's right. He couldn't do the voice. Oh, he was contracted. Oh, but he did. Birthday, yeah, Lisa. We, we couldn't be credited as Credit, the voice. Right. Yeah, that, and that, if you think about it, Lisa, it's your birthday is a genuinely good pop song. It's really yeah. cute. It's a well-written song. I love it. Uh, so is... 
Lisa. Your teeth are big and green, Lisa. You smell like gasoline, Lisa. Da da da, Lisa. She is my sister. Her birthday, I miss her. Fuck, that's very funny. I've forgotten that, but I'm glad I still know it. Uh, Do the Bartman never officially releases a single in the USA, but it was in the UK where it sold four hundred thousand copies. That's insane. That I is crazy. On like, like Rage or video hits on Saturday mornings, they used to play the film. Clip. Did you go and buy the cassette? Nah, I didn't. I the didn't, eight track. I didn't. No. Did you go and buy the record? Uh, no. Did you use did you, that Thomas did... Edison's original gramophone? Yeah, yeah I was it on your gramophone. Someone did you, did uh, you play it on your player piano? No, no. Someone um, <laughs> sent it through to me via Morse code. <laughs> oh. I don't know why Morse code is making noise. It's more like in the, the tune of yeah, that's awesome. Oh yes. But eventually, Bart Mania died down. This was evident when Burger King had to send a lot of Bart toys back. Oh no. But Mania. Mania. But mania. But mania took hold. Everyone was obsessed with butts. <laughs> they still are. To the butt man. Um, but the show itself went from strength to strength. So even though Bart Mania died down, people still loved the family. And Homer eventually stepped in as the main character, as you were saying, Matt. Yeah. And they actually found it easier for Homer as an adult to be in more situations than Bart as a naughty kid. Sure. You can't do that much. But Bart... Homer can go to space and do all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff. But Homer can go to space. <laughs> yeah. Not Bart. As, as we all know, kids are banned from space. <laughs> They're not allowed in. <laughs> they just can't get through the atmosphere. And of course, over the years, the show has helped along with a plethora of Simpsons guest stars. The first credited guest star was actor Sam McMurray, who appeared in Homer's Odyssey, the show's third ever episode. Sam McMurray is best known as Supervisor O'Boyle in The King of Queens and also plays a character in Breaking Bad, like a small character. Yeah. But he was the first one to be credited as guest star, but he's not like a big name. Much like I'm a guest star on this podcast. Yeah, permanent guest star. Yeah. Every week, guest star on JP. JP. Oh, we did say that you are. This is your 74th episode, which makes you make more episode appearances than the person who's done the most guest appearances, 52, and that is Phil Hartman. So he was never actually a as like a. He cast was always guest as. Yeah, right. Listen, he Who played some of the best. Two characters. of my favorite characters, Lionel Hutz and Troy, Troy McClure. McClure. I was about to say Troy McClure. And he basically and does. I love his, Lionel Hutz. His own voice, pretty. It's pretty close. They're to both yeah, they're very similar. Uh, both characters had to be retired when he was murdered by his wife in 1998. Oh, that sucks. Oh my god! I, I remember that, that morning hearing that on the on oh, the radio. God. On the wireless. Yeah. Did you hear that on the wireless? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would, That's shocking. You and the family standing, standing around, around it, sitting around the wireless. Yeah. It was almost like we could see it. Wowzers. When, when we first heard radio waves. Yeah. It was so vivid. Like, it felt like you could see uh, the Goonies and and, <laughs> and mm-hmm. other such, and Phil Hartman. Was it in your imagination? Obituary and stuff like that. Oh, I can picture Phil Hartman now. Yeah. I couldn't before. It's sad. Yeah, no, no, I do know exactly who you mean. Two yes. of my... Was, they are two of my favourite top ten characters. I think probably my favourite character ever, ever is Lionel Hutz. Yeah, so yeah. funny. The tie bit. Oh. How good's the tie bit? <laughs> if you look again, oh. <laughs> I'm not really wearing a tie at, at all. all. A red and white striped tie with a Windsor knot. <laughs> <laughs> I do did we talk about that recently? Yeah, yeah, we did. I think we did. It's so great. Scientology. Uh, Last week. <laughs> God, thanks for listening to my reports, you dicks. 
Well, we did a lot of Simpsons references last week in anticipation so for this. There's been less Simpsons actual joke references on this show. Yeah, which is interesting. And there'll probably yeah, be right. more to you come. Were, you were really getting us ready. Yeah, I was hamming it up. Did you, you knew at the time? Yeah, I'd chosen it. I've been researching for ages, as you can tell. Uh, at the time of his death, Phil Hartman, this is a side fact for fans of other shows. Is it a fun fact? Yes, it is. Oh! And there will be lots of fun facts at the end of this episode. Yay! I was supposed to say like, a record amount, I imagine. Excellent. Uh, Hartman was preparing to voice Zap Brannigan, one of the main characters specifically written for him in Granning's second animated right, show, man. Futurama. Futurama. He's one of the best characters. He I love that character. Well. I don't know. Yeah. So he was, it was written for him. Totally. Yeah, he would have been so good at that, sense. yeah. Now, just the Simpsons legacy here. At the time, because I could go on and on about, well, you all know the show, the success of it came, but that's sort of just how it all started. Yeah. And at the time of recording, 613 episodes of The Simpsons have been broadcast. Wow. Its 28th season began in September 2016. It is the longest running American sitcom and the longest running American animated program. And in 2009, it surpassed Gunsmoke, the old Western, as the longest running American scripted primetime television series Ever. That is incredible. And it's like a cartoon. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it hasn't been good for a long time, but no. still, geez, it keeps going. In its time on screen, 244 other shows have come and gone on the Fox network. So it's outlived nearly 250 other shows. Wow. That have started and stopped in that time. Do you think they, I mean, obviously you say that they're not as good now. Do you think they'll like wait, will they quit while they're ahead in a way like do you think can you imagine a world in which the simpsons stops i know it, it will be weird to it watch has the final to eventually episode. it has to yeah i mean because the, the the voice the cast is has remained the same yeah oh, true they, they're yeah gonna start. so they had to take a pay cut we were talking about pay earlier they were on 400 grand an episode but a few years ago they had to cut it down to three hundred thousand because oh, it's, it's making same. less show yeah it's a hundred grand pay cut pay cut per episode Mm. But how much work are they actually doing? Like, how often would they go into the studios? Do they even go into the studio? I think a lot of them have it written in. The, oh, this might be bullshit, but I think they might do it remotely. I'm pretty sure I've heard. Harry As in, Shrew. what they have a studio at home? Yeah, they just is that that might not be that might not be true. Fuck! If I was making that much money, though, I'd have I'd have a podcast studio in my house. Oh yeah, you could build one. I but yeah, I, it's not that hard, is it? But I meant like you could like build one on a couple of months' wages. Yeah, totally. Like, like a professional, like one. a really good one. I, I just feel like what. With a foyer and a receptionist. <gasps> Ooh, You'd have to enjoy Bill, because men can be receptionists too. He's learning. <gasps> it feels so good to be equal. Actually, the recep- one of the receptionists at the radio station I work at, his name is Phil. There you go. Great guy. Yep. I, I, just, I just, yeah, I can't believe that. Phil. <laughs> yeah, Phil, I know That's something I know uh, Time named The Simpsons the 20th century's best television series out of all of them Wow and Bart was named part of Time's 100 most influential people of the century That's insane He's the only cartoon character on there So no Mickey Mouse, no Bugs Bunny, but Bart Simpson is Well, that's amazing 100 most influential people of the 20th wow, century He's not even a real person And he outranked no. Homer yeah. yeah Wow And Lenny, how about that Lenny? <laughs> uh, January 14, 2000 The Simpson family were awarded a star On the Hollywood Walk of Fame It has won dozens of awards Since it debuted as a series Including 31 primetime Emmys So wow. can you imagine James L. Brooks' shelf? <laughs> it's got five Oscars about Mate, we're talking Emmys. shelves Shelf. Oh, imagine Wow, you reckon? <laughs> Holy moly He's got a room for him, I reckon Out in the shed Chuck it in the pile In the pool room it's Now going straight to the pool room Are you ready? To finish off with some fun facts. David, yes. 
I am so ready. There's like about, oh man, maybe 15 of these. Are you serious? So many. I really want to watch some more episodes now because I keep saying it's gone shit, but I haven't really watched much of it. I want to see it. I don't like it. Yeah, that's what's happened to me too. It could be bad luck. Maybe we're both just coincidentally seeing the only bad new episodes. All right, hit us with some fun facts. Here's some fun facts. Springfield was chosen as the town's name as there are 49 Springfields in the USA. Ah. Matt Groening did not want people to know where it is. There are even more towns called Lincoln, but Matt thought Springfield sounded funnier. It's, it's pretty funny. Good call. Uh, Moe's number, his phone number is one digit longer than a usual US number, so people don't prank call a real phone <laughs> number. <laughs> That's great. In France, or France, Homer's dough is translated as toe, like T, apostrophe O-A. Toe. And in Spanish, it's ouch. Oh, okay. That's I, saw, I saw some Simpsons when I was in Paris, and yeah, the um, Marge's voice is done by a man. Wow. It's really manly and gravelly. But still trying Only to be French. speaking in French, though. Oui, oui. Bon, bon. Bon, bon. Bon, bon. Uh, in the script, Doe is never written down. It's only ever written as annoyed grunt. <laughs> That's how they refer to it. And in 2001, the word Doe was mm. added to the Oxford Dictionary. I remember that. 2001, wow. God, my memory's all right. <laughs> I was 11. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, I remember things that have happened in my life. That is ridiculous. La de frickin' da. Uh, Matt Groening provides the sound of Maggie sucking her dummy. Gross. That's cool. Wow. That's him. <laughs> different, so different <laughs> we went different ways there. Homer Simpson is the most downloaded sat-nav GPS voice available. <laughs> really? Would have thought John Cleese, but there you go. Oh, John Cleese Michael is good. Kane. Oh, I'm Michael Kane. I love to hear Take Michael Kane. Take the next left. <laughs> no, not that left. This left. Oh, that's... Hello, I'm Michael Kane. At the roundabout, continue straight ahead. Yes, Michael, anything you say. Dave's face looks disgusting. He's ready to go, though. Look at him. Hello. There he is. I'm Michael Kane. There it is. And you are on the fastest route possible. (laughs) Mr. Wayne. (gasps) What? (gasps) Am I Batman? (laughs) Uh, In the film and book Day of the Locust, there is a character called Homer Simpson. The book was published in 1939. What? The film made in 1975, starring Donald Sutherland as the the character. Donald Sutherland. That is a fun fact. That is a fun fact. Paul McCartney reportedly only agreed to do the guest star if Lisa gave up meat forever. Oh, oh that's, that's, a vegetarian. A, that's a weird... Yeah, it's a weird request. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to convert everybody by making a, ca- a cartoon character be vegetarian. That was a cool episode, though. I like that one. Yeah, me that too. Is and I, was, I reckon that was the first time I heard Maybe I'm Amazed, and I'm, I'm a big fan amazed. of that tune now. It's a great song, isn't it? Time. I was singing this episode. I'm so sorry. Uh, the writers had a backup line for D- Buzz Aldrin's line: second comes right after first." Very good. Uh, in the in Deep Space Home, Home Goes to Space. In case he was offended by it, the backup was first to take a soil sample. <laughs> That's fine. Both However, good. Aldrin didn't mind the original, and they went with it. I reckon the second one's almost oh, it's probably a bit very, more offensive. Yeah. yeah, but they're both very funny, mm. and they but the jokes the same both times. So I don't know why it'd be offended. Anyway. Uh, Matt Groening, this one's for you, Jess, mm-hmm. is left-handed. Oh. Yes! That's why it's a success. Everything we okay. touch turns to gold. <laughs> 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 the man with name, the golden left. Name me a single unsuccessful left-hander. You oh, can't. Fuck. You can't do it. My, my sister just tweeted it. She's just started listening to the show, and she's got up to the left-handed episode. Mm. And she tweeted saying, 
Hey, Matt, uh, you mentioned in the episode that uh, you thought I was left-handed? Yeah, I was. You should believe in yourself, man. Oh, <laughs> that's sweet. I like that you didn't... Because if, if it was my brother, I'd be like, how the fuck do you not know yeah, right. that I'm left-handed? So that's nice that she's taken that angle. Yeah, it was a nice angle. Because I would have been like, you dickhead. I'm your sister. There you go. Different sisters, eh? Huh. How about them? <laughs> Sounds like a sitcom. Different sisters. <sighs> And their be take. different from each other. Imagine what different sisters would, when their take on the world would be. Oh, lordy, probably a bit bloody different. I think it would go a little something like this. <laughs> hey, look at that. Is that a plane? I don't think so. And scene. Roll the credits. Different sisters recorded in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> yeah, they gave them fucking nothing. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> really? It sounded like no one was there. <laughs> a live studio audience, in brackets, 500 people were in attendance. <laughs> The mics were turned up full. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Milhouse, Milhouse Van Houten, Milhouse Van Houten, his middle name is Mussolini. <laughs> what? Bam. Sorry, Dave, what was is that? Is that ever in an episode? Bam. Bam. Uh, Marge appeared on the cover of Playboy, the real Playboy in 2009. <laughs> and I know that because I bought it, because I buy it every week. You perv. Month? I don't know what the hell you buy it for the book reviews. Book reviews, the coffee table book review. How else would I know what to put on my coffee table? Exactly, you wouldn't know. My final fun fact about my favourite character, Lionel Hutz. Yes, he claims to have a law degree from Princeton University, a university that does not, in fact, offer law. Ah, very good. Beautiful, and that is my Simpsons report. And I would like to say a big shout out and thank you. To Justin McCain for making me finally do that. Thank you so much. I had Thank to. Thank you, Justin McCain. Mister Clickety, if you're from Australia, Mister Clickety Kane. If not, there's a song about Mister Clickety Kane. Look it up. Okay. If you want to know more about The Simpsons, I uh, read a great book before uh, starting this report: uh, The Simpsons: An Uncensored and Unauthorized History. A book by uh, John Ortved. It was a it was a good read with a lot of stuff that I obviously couldn't include in here about stuff behind the scenes and writers' room and. Conan O'Brien and stuff that was really cool and also a cool book if you're a Simpsons fan is actually by Matt Groening it's called The Simpsons The Complete Guide to Your Favourite Family and it actually goes through every episode from seasons one to eight with like behind the scenes stuff oh cool so I really enjoyed and that was written by Groening yes it's Written cool. by Matt Granny, edited by someone else, yeah. But it's really, really cool. So every episode from one day, the, the golden years. And he goes, anyway, Sam Simon was off fucking about somewhere else. Yeah, I well, I was bloody writing everything you, that you laughed. That joke you didn't laugh at, that was Simon. Everything else, that was me. Yeah. So it sounds like you were kind of more sympathetic in that uh, partnership to Simon? Well, everything I read, all the people behind the scenes were like, he's the man. Right. That's interesting, but yeah. But also... I think that Matt Groening's got to be have some because he also created Futurama and that's amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. of course. So he's got to be great. I yeah. love Futurama. Yeah, totally. There's crossovers between the two. I didn't uh, as get well, as no. into Futurama. I I didn't you know get why? into it didn't straight play, away. They didn't play six episodes on a Sunday, Saturday, and Sunday exactly. morning. Exactly. So like, why would I give a shit? <laughs> what am I watching on Saturday morning while I eat my breakfast? Good Simpsons. Point. Very good point. And then it would be up until twelve, and it was like twelve. I'm still in my pajamas. Me too. Like, I still be in my yeah, pajamas. And, and like, my parents would be like. What are you fucking doing? Yeah, and you'd be like, now I can start my day. And I'm like, I'm just eating Fruit Loops and watching this. And then as I got older, like, and I got out of bed later, you'd still get out of bed, like, late on a Saturday, and The Simpsons would still be on anyway, you know? 
as long as it was before 12. <laughs> always there for you. That's the beautiful thing about this. And then you had Fox 8 plus 2, which was two hours behind. Oh, how good is that? So, so then if you, you miss the first if you couple. Miss the first couple like, let's say, yeah, if you miss the first couple, you could catch up. Or if you got up really late, because as you were a little bit older, you were a teenager, maybe you were hungover or you just slept more on weekends, you could watch it in the afternoon. Um, God, what a time to be alive. What are we talking about? Wow, what a time to be in the affluent east. Oh, what a time, Matt. You should have been there. What a well, time You to had have... a channel just to, for the people who were on delay. So a big thanks to Justin McKean and everyone that has me to do this episode. I hope I did not disappoint. There's a lot of information about The Simpsons there. So mm. do with it what you will. <laughs> and uh, if you would like us to thank you personally, you can subscribe to our Patreon and support us over there. You can get bonus stuff like bonus episodes that we do once a month just for the Patreon supporters and uh, tickets to live shows, all that kind of stuff. And, of course, a thank you at the end of the episode. So we'd like to say, say thanks to three Patreon supporters right here, right now. And Matt's going to kick us off with a big thank you. I'd like to thank... This one's interesting because he's just a one-name person. So I'd Some like, of the best people are. Cher, Prince, reckon, the Queen. I reckon every time this happens, oh. you, you, you name-check Cher, which I like. I like how she's your go-to. <laughs> yeah. the, I love, my girl, I love my girl Cher. My girl. Not Madonna, not Rihanna, no more contemporary time. people. Who? Eminem. What's that? Cher. Hmm? Hmm? Sure. Academy Award winner, thank you very much. Well, this this guy just is known only as Michael, and I'd really like to think I'm kind of assuming it might be Michael Jackson. I was thinking Michael Perkins, <gasps> your brother, my brother, could be big supporter. Your brother from the same mother? Y- yes, my biological brother. Just trying to confirm. Yeah, you are related. Anyway, we this are. guy's got a very sweet singing voice, Michael. Oh yeah, and uh, I want to send this one out to you, Michael. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Michael Hudson. I just figured out his surname because his email's Michael Hudson. <laughs> At something you or assume other. that could something. be his middle name. It's oh, not, interesting. It's not just Michael Hudson. Don't read no. the whole email. Yeah. Oh, it's Michael Hudson. Something, something, okay. at something or other dot something. Okay, sorry. If, they... if you would like to contact a Michael Hudson, I'm sure <laughs> Michael Hudson at something dot com If exists. you want to thank him as well. Why not? Just I said he's existing. got a sweet singing voice, and then I sang, like, with my better voice, which was kind of, that was in mean. a lot of ways, that was mean. Very patronizing. Trying to put him in his place? Yeah. yeah, I guess in some ways that was a power play. Yeah. You're a bit like that. Hey, um, I I would also like to thank thank a Patreon supporter um, who, you know what, like, I'm, I was going to try and make a pun. You know I can't do these. How about you just talk about their email? <laughs> And their email is. That seems to be the cool thing to do. No, I would like to thank Dave Berry. Oh, that is a great name. Now, we are big fans of Dave's here at Do Go On. Oh, they're ripe for the picking. We Much are... like berries. Yeah, that's what I was kind of going for, either berry picking or I was going to make like a Chuck Berry joke. And then I was like, you know what? Do you know who died this he, week? He died. Chuck Berry. <gasps> at time of recording, he died in the past. Yeah. Real... Nin- 90 flat? 90 years old. 90 oh. years old, which you'd like, Jess? Yeah, bang on 90. That's, and you know what? For that, I thank Chuck. Mm-hmm. And for his music and contribution to... Do you thank Dave? Music oh, of course I thank Dave. I've already thanked Dave. Dave, uh, that it means so much to us that you support the show and we love you. And uh, now, as, an, as a tribute to you, we will all list our favourite berries. Okay. Uh, mine oh, would be, God. if we're talking ice cream, boysenberry. If we're talking Boysen, yes, uh, an actual berry, strawberry. Thank okay, you. Okay, great. Matt? Dave, is, that, is it true that strawberry isn't a real berry? Point oh. of technica- point of techni- it's literally got berry in the name of that's it, though. Good. All right, I think I'm going to so allow go with that. it. I'm going to allow it. The seeds are on the outside, yes. I heard I that. I reckon I heard that from Dave. But it's called a strawberry. Yeah. No, no, I, I agree. 
I just thought. So Dave, why did you bring it up? It's a good point. I just just thought tell it, just tell Look, Dave your favorite berry. I think my favorite. I'm with you, boysen for ice cream. Love it. But I'm gonna say bloob. Um, bloob. You're a bloob man. I'm a bloob man. David, my favorite berry. Yep. Dave Berry. Oh, oh fuck, he's good. I genuinely didn't think of that at all. Thank you, Dave. Very good. Oh, and also raspberries. Oh, okay, interesting. Love. <laughs> interesting. Second favorite. Top two. Top After two. Dave and Chuck, and Chuck. obviously. Top three. And the old Victorian wicketkeeper, also known as Chuck. Berry. Oh, and the Melbourne comedian Daisy Berry. Yes. Who I really like. So you're yes, in the top very five funny, now. Very funny. Yeah, she's great. Okay. Uh, and the old uh, business phone, the BlackBerry. Yes. <laughs> Dave, would you and like also, to? Would you like to thank someone? Grapes are quite nice. <laughs> I eat a lot of bananas. Don't like well, them that much, but I eat a lot of them. Oh, they're easy to eat on the go. Also, exactly. don't mind a little bit of Brian Ferry, but that's I mean, that's <laughs> by the by. And the final thank you that I've been putting off because I am so sorry that I will mispronounce your name. First name, Danian. Surname, Gratorix. Oh, that is so cool. Danian Gratorix, thank you so much for your support. And I'm so sorry that it's uh, spelt Great O'Rex. Oh, man. That can't, that's too good to be a real name. It's so good. It's such a great name. And I appreciate your support, Danian. Danian. And I know that I've just said it wrong. Great O'Rex. Danian. This is exciting. Danian. Jess, you've got nothing to say to Danian? Danian Canyon. Danian Canyon. Thank you. So much. Let's all say our favourite Kenyans. Mine. Grand. Yes! <laughs> um, the Canyon Walk in Name Bright, another one, Victoria. you fucking idiots. <laughs> and mine? Name another Kenyan. Dave Berry. <laughs> Canyon. Mine's the Canyon Arrow. Canyon Arrow. 12 foot long, two lanes wide, 65 tons of American pride. Canyon Arrow. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much Canyon to Michael, Arrow. Dave and Danian for supporting us. If you want to support the show, which... We welcome at all term times, and it's open twenty four hours a day. The bank of Patreon do go on, <laughs> do go on. We don't just we don't close on Sundays. We're not fucking scumbags <laughs> like the banks sticking it to the man at the end here. I might like Matt Groening in the nineteen seventies before he sold out and became a half billionaire. Half <laughs> oh, billionaire. Right. Uh, when you put it like that, not, no, that, impressive. not that impressive yeah. at all. It's only halfway to a billionaire. Oh, would you not accept half a billion dollars? Right. I would. Give me the whole thing or nothing at all. <laughs> hey, you're an all or nothing man. Totally is. Uh, but get in contact with us. Uh, all the links are in the description of this episode down below here. But you can uh, at do go on pod us for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can do go on pod at gmail.com. We read you. We read your correspondence. We nice. read them. All right, team. Thanks so much. And uh, until next week, I will say goodbye. Later. Bye. I'm not wearing a tie at all. <gasps> Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.